What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday Eve. Yes, it's Friday Eve. It is Thursday, people. I know it's hard to keep track of what's going on with these holiday weeks, man, for sure. Feels like, I don't know about you, Tone. It feels like New Year's Day was like three weeks ago, but it was just Monday. It feels like Christmas Mm. months ago, but yet it wasn't all that long ago. You feel the same way or am I the only uh, cuckoo bird here? No, I mean, it, it always, at least for me, right? It always flies by because, uh, you know, be, you know, being at my birthday on the 31st, right. you know, so much is going on, you know, New Year's Eve celebrations, all that kind of stuff. People are ripping and running, going to stores, you know, lines are long. People are trying to, you know, do their final touches on uh, things they want to probably let go in the previous year and move on from in the new year. You know, it's it all goes so fast, basically. <laughs> and um, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just a blur. Yeah. So uh, at this point in life, for me, it's just another day. Uh, you know, resolutions, they're a bit overrated, in my opinion. Do you sometimes. do them? Do you do them? We didn't, we didn't even talk about um, it. It's, it's funny you say that. Uh, me and the wife, we, we don't really do resolutions. We do vision boards. Um, okay. 
Now, so, what does that look? What does that look like exactly? Like so, basically, a vision board. Um, we just pretty much put. Uh, it's kind of like a big arts and craft session. Yeah, yeah. Go, uh, you know, we you know we get a bunch of magazines, old you know pictures, you know books, whatever whatever it is we can find, and we try to craft the things we want to happen or the things we're looking forward to in the form of these images we find in the magazine or whatever. Okay. And, you know, and, and you, you're kind of you're kind of you're literally creating your vision for the year, right? Um, it's funny on one of my vision boards, I think last year, I had like a like a road trip on it, you know, like a like a you know a, a car driving through the desert yeah, without a specific destination. Yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden I end up in Texas. So um, interesting, you know. I, I I've noticed that a lot of a lot of the things on my vision boards these past few years, especially since me and my wife, a lot of our vision boards have definitely been coming to fruition. So um, like this it, year, yeah, this year we did it a little different. We did we did a list called uh, Thirty Before Thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, both her and I will be 30 this year. So um, we came up with a list of 30 things to do before we turn 30. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, it's pretty cool. That's cool, man. I like that. What's up, everybody? What's up, David? What is up to Focused on Football? Decoy, TL, Lucy, Father Sean, Ian, South Jersey, KC, Seth. I'm sure I'm missing people here. Daniel, hope everybody's doing well out there. We appreciate you guys. Hopping on with us as always. Good to see everybody. Good to be hanging with everybody. Um, So we were on yesterday, Tone, while kind of while a lot of things were unfolding Eagles wise um, in the locker room. You know, the the first off Nick Sirianni spoke, but the big one uh, was A.J. Brown. And he had he had spoken um, in about two weeks, approximately. And, uh, you know, talk to the media yesterday and we'll get into all that in a minute. We're going to have Gary Cobb. G Cobb's going to join us at 1130. Anthony Sanfilippo, we kind of jump around. We'll talk Flyers. We'll talk Eagles. We'll talk Phillies. The whole nine with him at 1230. We'll do our NFL segment like we always do. I want to hit before we get into everything that went down yesterday. um, Also, later yesterday, the the Pro Bowl uh, selections were announced. Now, they don't play the game anymore like they used to which right. is good. It's more like a skills competition. And really what, what the Pro Bowl comes down to is a couple of things, in my opinion. It comes down to acknowledgement. Um, it is important for the players because they have bonuses tied into it at times. And I think where it's also important is somebody like Lane Johnson from a legacy standpoint. You know, if you're making your case for the Hall of Fame, you know, you could say that we're selected this many Pro Bowls or this, you know, all pro this many years and all that kind of stuff. So I know sometimes people poo-poo it, and I agree in terms of the game, that was just nonsense. And I'm glad they don't do it anymore. But mm-hmm. it is important on a couple of levels here. Um, so let me hear So here's here's who got in. And tell me if you think anybody got snubbed, okay? Okay. Jason Kelsey gets in, Lane Johnson gets in, AJ Brown gets in, Hassan Reddick gets in, Lane Dickerson gets in, or Landon Dickerson, excuse me, gets in, and DeAndre Swift gets in. Now it is Kelsey's seventh, Lane Johnson's fifth, AJ's third. Hassan second, Landon Dickerson second, and first time for DeAndre Swift. Now, no Jalen Hurts. He's actually an alternative, uh, alternative, uh, alternate. <laughs> Easy right, for right, me to right. say. Um, so, you, do you feel like anybody was snuffed here? Um, no. Oh, you know what? I I would have thought Jordan Milada would have made the Pro Bowl like officially this year. Um, he's been having a tremendous year. You can make an argument he's been their best offensive lineman. Uh, I, he's definitely been their highest graded offensive lineman for sure. But I also acknowledge the fact that he's living in the era of Trent Williams and 
uh, Tyron Smith, and you know he's you know he's in he's in an era where the first guys you're going to look at, Trent Williams, Tyron Smith, um, anybody after that, okay, you, you know you you can argue, but you know he you know he's he, he he's he's in that he's in that um you know that era, so it can't really, but um, regardless though, I, I I do like the guys that they do have on there. I think it, I think it makes sense. Um, I can't really disagree with it. I was kind of surprised. Um, I was kind of surprised that DeAndre Swift made it, not because he didn't have he's not having a good year, but I just I I, I didn't think that they would. Even I didn't either. It. I'm happy for him. It's I'm nice. happy for him for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. Going to help yeah. him get some some more bank, I think. Uh, in exactly. The yeah, I'm pretty sure he has like an incentive in there somewhere about a Pro Bowl. He probably makes yeah. an extra extra five hundred k or whatever. Who knows? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, super happy for him. Uh, another guy. I'm trying to think. AJ Brown obviously deserves it. Hassan Reddick. I'm a little surprised how they gave it to Hassan too. Um, only because, you know, there are definitely a handful of guys that, you know, that have, you know, they have way more sacks than him. But I'm not sure if they're on the AFC side or the NFC side. I would have to double check. But regardless, Hassan's having a having a um a very, very good year. Um, again, par for the course. Um, proud of these guys, even though they've been going through these struggles these past several weeks. Um, it's pretty cool to be acknowledged. So yeah, and, and again, I think so, some of it. Some of it's a hangover from last year in a good way. Like Hassan had a monster year last year, and mm-hmm. that kind of carries over reputationally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would say the one thing, um, Ian says the kicker got snubbed. You could certainly yeah. – Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot no, about here, Here's the problem, though. Like, I agree. I, look, I love Jake Elliott. I think the guy's unbelievable. Um, but the, the the way the kid, Aubrey from Dallas, has kicked this year, the dude never misses. Yeah. The dude yeah. never misses. So, I can't – you know – I, it's not what I'm, I'm all, you know, all that cranked up about it, but he could have, you know, I think Jake Elliott, you can make a case for it for sure. He would be one of the guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. So do you have the full list of who made it on the uh, NFC side or just the uh, Eagles guy? Yeah. Well, we get, well, I think we're going to, we'll dive into that fully later, but I will say okay, this. That sounds good. I like that. I like that. I like that better. Well, That's no Jalen. Right. Um, but here's, tell me if you disagree with any of these guys who, who got it. Purdy, Dak, Stafford. The only one there I think you could argue a little bit is Stafford. Mm. Numbers wise. Yeah. I saw somebody put up a stat, um, a stat comparison between Stafford and Hertz. And um I understand I definitely understand their angle. Mm. Uh but here's the thing, right? I think what I think what holds Jalen back is the amount of turnovers. Yeah. You know, Stafford he has uh, on the season. Let me make sure I got this right. On the season, Stafford has 11 interceptions and he has no fumbles or no fumbles, no fumbles lost. Yep. Yeah. He hasn't fumbled and he has lost a fumble. So he has no fumbles. Um, so he, here's the thing 11 turnovers versus 18 turnovers. Yeah. Um, they're going to overlook a guy like that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's not like he had, he's had a stellar past several weeks. So and Stafford's really come on as of late. And a lot of the times, these voters they have like re, you know recency bias. So, so um, as as even though statistically, you know, many can argue Hertz is having a, a better year than Matthew Stafford, and I would like I would likely agree with you. I mean, I, I would likely agree. Um, the turnovers are the biggest blemish, no doubt, on Jalen Hurts' uh, resume this year, and it's hard to ignore. It hurts him. It does hurt him for sure. All right. Um, so a couple things. Let, let's um, let, let's go back to some of the things that went down yesterday. So I think if you're going to encapsulate 
what AJ said, you know, basically said he's good with Sirianni. They had lived that last play against Seattle. He's frustrated that the uh, Devontae got hurt on that play, which you all know about. By the way, it looks like he could go on Sunday for what it's worth. We'll get into the injuries here, but the injuries thing looks pretty promising uh, for whatever it's worth. And he apologized to his teammates. I, I want to kind of dig in on something first. And that's that, you know, that, that's um, he spoke for 13 minutes, but that's just sort of the highlights. So I think AJ's intent was to really praise Nick in, in this one sense. He was saying, basically, I have no rift with Nick. In fact, I really appreciate the way Nick has our back. And him saying on that last play in Seattle that they were trying to draw a pass interference call was him having our back and him, you know, taking a lot of heat for that. Right. So I think that was AJ's intent to say, look, I'm good with Nick and I appreciate this guy's got, you know, is never going to throw us under the bus. However, I'll tell you one of the things I, I, I gleaned from that tone was like you're ad libbing that last play. I mean, does that tell you something about how little respect they have for the play call that's coming in that those guys are ad-libbing that play? So that was, I, it was a, it was an innocent, I think thing that AJ did and he wasn't trying to rip Nick or anybody else in a way. In fact, he was going, he didn't even really way. want to tell that story. He didn't even really want to tell it, but he, because if you notice, he eventually he was like, you know what? All right. I'll give y'all an example. You know, y'all, you know, this is y'all want, y'all, y'all, y'all want yeah. details. So I'm going to so he clearly was trying to not say that, but he, so, you know what? Forget it. It is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think like that right there, there's a big difference in my my estimation between liking someone and respecting someone. Mm -hmm. There is. I mean, you can you can look at somebody and say, hey, he's a really good guy, but I don't want to be you know, I don't I don't want to work with that guy. You know, I'm sure he's great, but I don't want to work with him or uh, I'm sure he's a super nice guy, but I don't want him as a boss. Right. Or, you know, Nick's got our backs and I appreciate that. But the play calls that he and Brian Johnson are putting together here nah, we're going to add limit like that's a that's a there's a disconnect there that's concerning for me. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And, you know, there are going to be Eagles fans who. Who believe that we look at this situation and try to just only focus on the negative part of it. But I think what we're doing is we're treating this like a case study and we're trying to peel the layers back. And we're trying to read into what's not being said and focus less on what's being said. And, right. um, you know, it's, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are in a bind right now. And they almost look like a team with no answers. So when you look at or when you hear um, A.J. Brown say they ad-libbed that last play, that's a team that looking for answers but also they they realize the play that they call or the coaches they they don't have the answer so we're going to create answers for ourselves right um you know you you know you nailed it right you can like someone um you could appreciate um particular traits about somebody but for the most part do i trust that person probably not um do i respect that person you know in this context probably not do i respect him as a man sure mm -hmm. right do I respect him? Um, do I respect his football mind? Probably not. Um, and one thing for me, I felt like AJ Brown was going above and beyond trying to put the onus on the players. 
Yeah, he was. He said that very clearly. Coaches didn't, didn't play one play, he said at one he point. He kept reiterating that throughout, throughout the press conference. Yeah. And I, I understand what his logic is, right? At the end of the day, you know, the like it's a results-based business and we're not delivering. You know, we're not the ones in the right place. And, you know, he, he, he see, he didn't tell a lie, but I also don't believe that, um, you know how someone doesn't, they didn't lie to you, but they also didn't keep it 100 with you either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's and, ways to, to dance around things. Yeah, and although coaches don't play, that is very true. He's played this game at, at the highest level. I, I definitely lean on his expertise, but you know, bosses maybe bosses don't do our job, but you know they're still essentially responsible for the product that goes out, right? Right. So, yeah, Nick may not be out there lacing it up with the cleats and putting you know shells on and a helmet, whatever way, whatever may have you, but he's still on in some level, many levels really responsible for the product that's on the field he was he's responsible for the fact that you guys felt comfortable ad-libbing a crucial play like that he's responsible for the things he says to the media and how he's perceived he's responsible for the uh the incongruencies or the inconsistent um nature of the offense and um the ill-timed um decision making you know you know in certain situations Mm -hmm. so so I, I don't think it's – even though AJ is trying to put out some fires, to say that or even imply that this is strictly players-related and we're not living up to our, our expectation, you know, I don't think that's entirely accurate. And let's just say he's right. Now that begs the question, why aren't you guys prepared? Why aren't you guys taking it seriously? Why aren't you guys playing up to the standard? You guys were in the Super Bowl last year. You guys know how close you were. You mm-hmm. guys know how good you are. Okay, since you want to put the onus on you guys now, yep. what aren't you guys doing? Why aren't you guys paying attention in the meetings? Why aren't you guys um, having the highest attention to detail in week 17, week 16, week 15? You, you feel what I'm saying, Rob? Yep. So although he's trying to put fires out, now, it's in my opinion, it's created more questions as to why you guys – aren't responding to what the coaches are relaying to you. Yeah. So I mean, again, look, it's a, it's, it's a lot deeper. Like I, I, I think it got to the point where I'm sure the organization said to him, AJ, you, you know, look, you got to address this stuff, man. It's just going to go, you know, we, we're going to continue to go through this cycle of, of people speculating and doing this and that just get in front of it. And he did. And I thought he handled himself very eloquently uh, in a lot of ways. I thought he was good um, in the sense that, he, hey, man, I, I apologize to my teammates because I shouldn't have they shouldn't have to answer for me. Um, and I respect that. Like, right. Again, totally. He didn't tell any. I don't I don't think he told a lie in the press conference. I felt like he was being very genuine, but I also think he was being very measured. Right. I, very, I agree with you. Very, I, very manicured. And he was also he, he was doing a lot of mop up duty. Well, let me put it to you this way. Like, I've seen reaction from people, like, and half in jest, but half not, saying, oh, AJ may have saved the season. That wasn't my takeaway from that. Like, I I don't feel like the season saved. I think what he did was he he, he squelched some level of speculation for sure in certain areas. But to say that that changed everything, like, I think what it did was it maybe showed that things weren't as fractured as maybe – people thought however it didn't it didn't go a long way to make me feel like oh man everything's gonna be fine now they're gonna go on a run and win the super bowl at all yeah i'm i'm more so leaning on your side of things now i will to your point about if people are being serious or not trust me a lot of people 
are being serious. And this is what I mean. Um, you know, I've gone on Twitter and um, a lot of people, they feel a lot, a lot of Eagles fans, for them at least, a bit of optimism, a sliver of optimism has been restored Yeah, to them. And um, I can understand why they feel that way because they, they look at it as, okay, now that everything's out on the table, where do we going to go? Where we go, where do we go from here? Right. AJ Brown set the record straight. Like, you know, I, I, I don't look at it as simplistic as, Oh, AJ spoke, AJ set the record straight. Now this team can put everything behind them. Mm-hmm. I don't really look at it like that. Yeah. I look at it more. So yeah. Press conferences don't win championships. You know, press conferences don't change um, performance. Right. You know, attention to detail does preparation, you know, um, studying, however you want to look at it, that those things win championships, not press conferences, you know. So, although I can appreciate AJ Brown, you know, sticking his neck out there and being candid, being honest, being vulnerable with the fan base, with the media, I also understand that it takes a lot more than just some pretty in, in, in intentional words to um, change the, tra- the the trajectory of a season. Mm-hmm. Because their problems, in my opinion, were never really rooted in AJ Brown. Yeah, and I think that's the misconception that's going on right now, and I think that's what bothers him the most: the fact that there were a lot of people who implied that a lot of their issues, in particular on offense, were rooted in AJ Brown and his feelings about the play calling and all that kind of stuff, and his you know disenchantment with the coaches. Mm-hmm. I th- I feel like that was the biggest whiff of the season. No, oh, yeah. I don't I I think their problems go far beyond AJ Brown's, you know, disenchantment with the play calling or the game plan, if that's even the case. He says it's not the case. All right, take it with a grain of salt. I think it is, but hey, you know, um take a man at his word. Um the fact of the matter is this team's problems go way beyond AJ Brown. No question. I mean, no question about it. You, you know, you're talking about he, he the guy still had a phenomenal year. Uh Absolutely. there's a lot of a lot of other players who have let them down in, in a, lot, a lot of different ways, uh, you know, whether it's the defensive line as a whole not being good for the last, whatever, five, six weeks generally, whether it's a secondary and linebacking core that frankly wasn't good enough to begin with mm-hmm. that has hurt them, uh, you know, whether it's the turnovers on the offensive side, the inability to take the ball away on the defensive side, like we could go on and on and on. You didn't get here from just one, one player or one position group letting you down. It's been collective on top of the coaches, on top of Howie Roseman, not equipping them, I think, well well enough um, from a personnel standpoint. So you got a lot of different things at play. You know, it's usually if you're looking at a one or two game losing streak or something like that, when you have a, a quote unquote good team, then maybe it's one thing. But when you start to, to falter like they have, and even, you know, you saw it happening when they were winning games, it's generally a lot more than that for sure. Yeah, like if the losing streak would have ended in in Dallas and they beat Seattle, they beat Arizona, they beat the Giants, I don't think we're nowhere near as uh, nervous about this team. You still have some nerves because you, you lost handsomely to the two best teams in the conference. But even then, though, we say, all right, you go, you, you can get them again. Because um, remember, at that time, we were blaming fatigue, remember? Mm-hmm. We were about fatigue more so than anything around Absolutely. that time. Absolutely, yeah. Get to the bye, right? And, and then, uh, after that, yeah, yeah. And then 
all of a sudden you lose the edge in the standings or in the seeding, and then you lose to Seattle. Then then you barely get by the Giants, and then you lose to the uh, Cardinals. So it's like when you when you think about everything past that Cowboys and Niners loss, we think about everything past that. I think that I think that's where we look at this team like, who are you? Yep. You know, but again, based off what AJ Brown said, based off what he said, the coaches aren't the problem. We're not doing our jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay, that may be true in certain aspects, but I don't think the coaches should be let off the hook like that. But I understand his role in the situation. He yeah, can't. And, be, and, he, he can't be the one to say that. And, and right, and you know what he's doing, Tone? He's doing exactly what Nick did for him. In other words, Nick's going to fall on the sword and say that was my play call. We were trying to get a pass interference so as to not put it on the players. And what AJ's doing is saying, put it on the players, man. So they're trying to be good teammates to one another. But we know that it's not that simple. We know that it's deeper than that. And we know that, you know, one of the things we're going to get into after we talk to G is just kind of looking at things philosophically, like the, the no big play defense. The the you know the importance of the linebacker position, which has been ignored for years, you know all those kind of things. That's what we'll get into uh, after we talk to uh, talk to G. So let let's hit it, Tone. Let's come back and we will talk to G Cobb and we'll get his thoughts on everything that's going on, including uh, AJ Brown speaking to the media yesterday. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, let's tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Uh, been going there since 1985. Family owned uh, since then. Great, great stop, man. Uh, They have fresh food daily. Alex and his crew offer up 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have specialized pizza. However you like it, they'll make it. Uh, And they don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, you name it. Uh, Bravo Pizza of Havertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Here's a little bit more from Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Thursday. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Appreciate you hanging with us. Let's hit the like button if we could, my friends. All right, we are joined right now by the man who manned the linebacker position for many, many years, mm. including some good years here with the Birds as well. And you can follow him on Twitter at Gary, G-A-R-R-Y Cobb, the one and only 11-year veteran, G Cobb. G, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. I was doing real good uh, until last Sunday. But, uh... <laughs> doing good until about a month ago, G. Till about yeah, a month ago. You and us both. Back to then, but last Sunday, boy, that was um, that was ugly. G, let me ask Most you. Get you to play... it. Yeah, let's go there because you played for this team. You've covered this team for thirty something years, man. It's the worst regular season defeat I can remember for the Eagles. Where would it rank for you? I think it would it would rank right up there. Um, if it's not the worst, it's be one or two, whatever. The, the thing is, I'm still trying to figure out how you know a defense could play with without any passion or anything. And I, I mean, you know, and I don't want to go back and start telling stories when I played, whatever. But anyway, I used to be coaches would at least be going crazy on the sideline and mm -hmm. calling people names and spitting in people's helmets and stuff. <laughs> You know, but I, I don't know. I mean, I just did, uh, didn't see any passion, guys going through the motions. And uh, I know um, 
you know, I, when I heard uh, Jason Kelsey talking and everything, uh, after the game, I could just <laughs> see. Mm-hmm. See, he was just, you know, and, and, and that's where you're supposed to be, you know, and, and you're not going to win all games. And, you know, and I'm not going to say I was the greatest player. I'm, I'm, that's not what, you know, but what I'm saying is that when you go out to play, come on, you, you got to give some effort. Uh, so that's why it makes me think like I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, they clearly made some mistakes, uh, 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 you know, um, with, with letting some of their linebackers go. You know, I, I thought it was a mistake uh, because uh, with TJ going to the Bears only for what, like seven million, yep. which is no money for them. But at least you got to have somebody in charge that the guys respect. See, that's the thing. So in the huddle, if a guy's got to go off in the huddle, somebody's got to be in there that can go off and make guys play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for them to be playing so passionless, that's really, you know, um, and I could see um, Big Fella, you know, they got to watch what he eats. <laughs> big, uh, big Davis, you know, he was, he wasn't even, he wasn't even making any effort to like run to the, wherever the ball is. He was out of gas and in there and, uh, I think um, just from being in the locker room also, I could just go in there a little bit and see um, that um, Jalen Carter is one of those guys who somebody's got to stay on him. You know, he he's he's a fun, you know, he's a young kid. He's, he's fun. He likes to have fun. Somebody got to stay on him. Look, man, we're not here to have fun. This is a job. Mm-hmm. And there's a job side of it, which... You know, we can't just be here to have fun and laugh and tell jokes and everything. And, you know, uh, when you play this poorly, you know, all the fun's going to go out because, you know, they're going to start getting rid of people, you know. And so uh, somebody's got to be able to do that. And I I don't know that they have that person. I don't know who's got that role uh, where guys all respect, go in there and start throwing stuff and whatever you got to do to get people's attention, man, look. You know, somebody could have came in at halftime or something because at halftime they were getting their butts kicked. Even though they were winning, you know, what, 21 to 6, the Cardinals were beating them. The Cardinals were dominating the play. They were dominating possession. Somebody should have went off, you know, and I don't know who that guy is, you know. What was he kind of, they thought. I was captain on some of the teams I was on, and I, I would have to do that. They thought they were laid down. That's what I, I think. That's I think that's what happened. I think once they got up twenty one to six, they thought that Cardinals team would lay down, and that was clearly not the case. I mean, you know, it's funny. AJ yeah. Brown mentioned in his press conference that, you know, you know, coaches don't play. It's on the players. You know, you know what was going on on the field. Yeah. And I understand that to an extent. And my my thing is okay if you want to put the onus on the players, even though I don't fully believe that. But since you said that, you want to put the onus on the players. And you don't want to put any accountability, you know, in front of these coaches. Okay, why is it week 16, week 17, and you guys still, still don't seem to have an identity on offense or defense or don't really seem to have any juice or any sort of motivation to really play at the highest level against these teams that you know you should be beating? I mean, um, either either you don't respect what's being taught to you or you completely lo- or you've completely lost interest in the season. So which is it? I mean, somebody has to wear it. I mean, I agree. Somebody's got to wear it. You're right. Um, but I, I was really, boy, I, 
Uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I was uh, on um, Fox 29 on, on Sunday, so I wasn't over there at the, the go in the locker room. But I like to go in the locker room and just get a feel of things. So I was over there when AJ was talking, and, and I appreciated all AJ had to say because, um, you know, I could understand where he <laughs> he's felt funny at times and stuff, but um, the way the defense played without any heart, you know, because I mean, you, you're going to get beat sometimes. Sometimes you have a bad game. But just go over there and let the Cardinals run the ball down your throat for four quarters. And I didn't even see anybody real mad, you know. Well, gee, let me ask you then, based off of that, um, you know, without somebody lighting a fire, or, you know, putting a, a boot somewhere, um, do you feel like Nick's lost the room to an extent? Well, he definitely – Hasn't been able to fire up the defense. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I we all have seen that. I mean, uh, the offense, I thought, played well. You know, I mean, uh, I wasn't crazy about all the plays they called and everything. Um, but when A.J. Uh, was yesterday, when he was saying about, you know, somebody uh, missed a block on that play, then I said, okay, you know, I can understand that. You know, because I didn't like – I'm going, what are you doing with quarterback? <laughs> I mean, you guys need to score a touchdown. Don't you see – your defense sucks. <laughs> I mean, doesn't anybody know it? The defense sucks. Yeah, they've been, you know? they're, they're, they're terrible. It's not even borderline. I mean, it's not even mediocre. They're terrible. Gee, they can't get off the field in the run uh, you know, as far as the run fit goes. Uh, yeah. Passing, third downs, <clears throat> yeah. passing touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, you guys are both. I mean, it speaks to – It's across the look, board. To, in my opinion, that last drive, after the onside kick, you know, they were right there in scoring position. All they had to do was pretty much play football. Quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to understand. Are you trying to survive the game or win the game? Because to me, that is like that that, that play calling sequence didn't strike me as a as a team that was trying to win the game. The game was tied. Yeah. You had nothing, you you had you had nothing, you know, locked up and you kick a field goal and they've been running on you all day. You know you needed that first down. That's and, right. you, and you were passive. And it, to me, it speaks to the lack of self-awareness in terms of what your defense has been doing all day. Have you not seen – were they not watching? Your, your defense was porous. You know what I mean? And yet you yeah. put them in a position three weeks in a row, actually. If you notice, Seattle, Giants, Cardinals, three weeks in a row, they left the game in the hands of the defense. And two times the defense burnt them. And one time, you know, the, the Giants just couldn't get out of their own way. So, I mean – why do we? Why do they keep putting themselves in these situations, uh, G Cop, where the defense has to win the game and they know that the defense can't do it? Uh, well, you know, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's just foolish. Uh, I, I think they have, um, you know, I, I see some problems offensively. I don't think they're as bad as as the defense, uh, but um, it seems like you know those guys maybe have had to talk and they got people over there that I think are more forceful, you know, and so they haven't gotten as bad as the defense has, but uh, I, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm still not over how bad the defense played to where, you know, there's a part of me would want to fight. You know what I mean? Man. Go in the locker room <laughs> and start a fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You know, they just took, look what they just took from us. A team that has nothing to play for. 
So, you know, I, I hope, um, you know, and I can see some of that in AJ and everything, but they need somebody to start a fire over there, you know? Yeah, G, let me ask you, um, do you see them improving any way or is it getting worse under Patricia since he took over for Desai? Last well, I, I kind of I kind of think it got worse because I think he probably tried to put in maybe too much stuff mm -hmm. and he's got the guys uh, thinking too much. Uh, but when I looked at the tape, though, I'm still, you know, I see guys, you know, trotting to the ball, trotting. I mean, they've been running the ball on you all game and you're trotting to the ball. You mean you're still not that I don't like I said, somebody will get mad or things. And, um, you know, if you're you're on a good team. You're going to have some players in your face. Mm -hmm. The guys are going to, you know, and so, um, you know, the, the coaches, you know, they, they've got to do do that. But the fact that it hasn't happened yet, you know, that's really, um, that was really kind of, that was really frustrating and disappointing to me because, you know, I thought they were a better team than that. And uh, I know some of the guys, like, uh, like I said, when I could see, uh, Kelsey and I could see th that's the way you're supposed to look. He, I mean, mm -hmm. he was angry mm -hmm. after the game. Mm -hmm. There got there got to be guys on the defensive side, and and maybe you know you got some of the the guys are young. Uh, like I said, with with Jalen Carter, he's a young guy. Jordan Davis. Uh, Jordan Davis is young, even though, like I said, Jordan Davis. Somebody's got to stay on him, and keep him in shape because he's out of gas. Yeah. He, he can't even run, you know, five steps to the ball. He just he's just waiting there near where they're going to snap from. It's like he doesn't want <laughs> he doesn't even want to move because he want to identify where they're going to snap the ball at. So he knows he don't have to take too many steps. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're that much out of shape mm. and, and he's got to he's got to realize and, and they got to realize as big as he is. He's got to always concern himself with that, you know, and I'm sure, you know, uh, when I was a little guy, when I was a little guy, maybe um, three, four, five years, you know, they called me eat them up. I like to eat. OK, I'm not a third as big as Jordan Davis. So you could imagine how he likes to eat. So, you know, he, he's got to be a pro and, and, and they got to help him, you know, and, you know. Some of the guys almost feel like grabbing them, but that's not my role. I'm in, I'm in the media. Where sure. you grab them, come, come here, man. Come here, come here. We got to sit down and talk. Okay. And talk with Jordan Davis how he has got to make sure he takes care of himself, watches what he eats. He's got to be working out all the time because he's so big, you know, but but he's run out of gas. I mean, he's, he's not even working, you know, and as big as he is, you know, he can dominate people if he's, if he's got the energy, you know, and he's not tired. But if he's tired, he's not worth having out there because he, mm -hmm. he he's not doing any good. He's laying around, laying on the, you know, he's laying on the ground. You know, you can see the play just started. Jordan is on the ground laying, and you know he's not going to get up until the play is uh, over. Baldy called him out. You know, Brian Baldinger called him out recently. He said, yeah. "Look, man, I'm surprised they even I'm surprised they even dressing him. He's mm -hmm. clearly out of shape. He's clearly mm -hmm. he's clearly out of gas." And you know, the first part of the season, you know, uh, G. Kyle, we, we saw how impactful he was. I mean, 
we, yeah. we we thought that we thought this guy came into the season with a new life and he kind of did right yeah he did. Um, but but now he's playing you know more snaps than he, than he ever has he's starting he's starting every game um and you know we saw that infamous play where he where he uh hawked down Josh Allen to the sideline that was that was probably his his highlight play of tremendous, the year tremendous athlete Tremendous athlete, but yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to think that play <laughs> shot him for the rest of the season. I mean, yeah, really. He he had no gas since that game. Um, so I mean, you played this game before, um, at the highest level. Um, you won a lot, you know. You've how how did you as a player get through the rough times? Because you played in Detroit as well, you know. How, yeah, how, how how did you keep the main thing the main thing how, how do you how do you keep a team interested through the trials and tribulations because I think that's one of the hardest things that the Eagles are suffering through right now I think Nick Sirianni is struggling to keep his players engaged in what mm-hmm. he's trying to get across um you know how did you guys balance that back in the day and, and, and can any of those um things be translated to today well I, I think uh, one thing um some guys don't be don't get too interested in uh, what everybody's saying, like their job is not to follow what we say. You know, I, I hear too many guys following what the media is saying too much. Look, that's not your job. Don't worry about that. Because if you guys win, it'll take care of everything else. If you lose, you know, there's nothing, there's no explanation that can really clean stuff up. So don't get so caught up in that. And I think that as a team, they got to say, and, and now is a different time than when I played because of social media and all the things. But I was listening to AJ over there and said, yeah, I understand some of what he's saying and I thought he's point, but AJ, don't get too involved with the media. You know, don't get too much into it because that's not your job. You know, and you're never gonna be able to clean up everything as he's seen. People could be saying stuff and see, I can see where some of the guys are there, you know, finding, trying to find out what somebody said, whatever, and forget that. That's not your job. Uh, your job is the football part. And so I think that um, the leaders on that team, maybe some of the guys on the offensive side, they got to go get in some of the guys on the defensive side space, you know, and they got to tell them, you know, I know that, um, you know, like I look at uh, the kid Moreau and everything, he he, he didn't play well. Um, you know, he does some things which, you know, kind of are troubling, but you know, he's as good as he is. Um, you know, one of the things he doesn't hit with his legs, he doesn't get his legs involved with his tackling. And that's why people just carry him for once he hits them, they carry him for five, six yards, you know? Um, so he, you know, they're, they're guys that, that, that have some, uh, structural problems in the way they play, but I, I still think that, um, they need to go back. They need to make sure everybody knows their assignment. They need to get all that stuff correct because uh, they just were not playing sound. Guys were not taking care of their gap. You got to be disciplined, and you know, and that means you got to have the coaches on guys, you know, to do things the right way. And as late as it is in the year, though, I don't know if you can get guys going. Um, you know, I don't. I, I don't know how much you can get done right now. Mm. To be honest with you, you know, that, that that's the problem. And um, it's really a shame, you know, that they let it get to this. And I, um, but I, I guess for it to get, it got worse. So the decision to put Matt Patricia in charge wasn't exactly, I guess, 
the right move as it is played out uh, right now. But, um, you know, the, the offense has got to carry them. The offense is capable of scoring a lot of points, but they got to realize they got to score. If they don't realize it now, I mean, you know, against a good team, come on, you know, they're going to give up 40. Well, gee, what do you what do you think? Um, go to the other side of the ball. Is mm-hmm. has Brian Johnson done a good job in your estimation? And I know Nick is the one who schemes it up. So Brian Johnson is kind of maybe hamstrung a little bit. Uh huh. But do you think that side of the ball they're getting the most out of what they have? Uh no. Um, I, I think that um, you know they haven't been as bad, but I, I don't think that they have played as well. You know, of course, a lot of the key is uh, is Jalen how he plays. Uh, but I thought he played well last week, the week before. So I think he's going in the right direction. Uh, but I, I thought that they um, they got sloppy, and um, you know I don't I don't think that they they have played as well as they're capable of playing throughout the year. Uh, but they've been better than the defense. At least they're, you know, this last game I thought the offense played well. Uh, they just um, had probably about four or five plays that could have taken them to another level where they would have found a way to win the game anyway, but uh, you know, they got to play better, but they're, they're playing much better than the, than the defense. The defense is maybe the worst defense uh, defensive performance that I've really looked at closely last week. That was the worst defense defensive performance I've seen in the NFL mm. this, this year. That's how bad they were because think about it. You got a team, you cannot make punt. And you they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. And they run the ball down your throat and dominate you for four quarters. Mm. How can you get worse than that? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean you, you, yep. you're, you're right. I mean, you, you can't get no lower, you know. And, you know, there are some who believe that they're just going to flip this switch come playoff time. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, it's no. week 17, week 18. I don't think that's how this thing works, man. And, um, you know, you just know, stand, if I could have got a chance to talk to them, the playoffs started last week. They don't realize it. Yeah. Because, you know, you're putting yourself in position to where you want to play at in the playoffs. And that's the type, that's the way you play. And as I said, I didn't see anybody really angry, you know, on the defensive side. I mean, they're running the ball down your throat. And, you know, nobody gets up. Hey, hit the guy late. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, kick somebody or something. Get up, get a penalty. I would rather you get a penalty and get guys mad. But then, you know, play like that and, and, and nobody's angry and things. And that's really dangerous. See, in the NFL, when you are getting physically humiliated and nobody gets mad. Now, that is the worst thing that can happen to you in the NFL. That's when people back away from you and say, you, you're not NFL uh, level, you know, because you play like that. And I don't like young players being around that kind of play either because mm-hmm. it, it poison them. Well, you know, that, that, that's, that's the, and that's the thing that scares me the most about this team going forward. You know, this coaching staff clearly can't push the right buttons uh, from an emotional standpoint. And that was one thing that Nick Sirianni, or at least we gave Nick Sirianni credit for, you know, having the emotional pulse of this team. Now, I don't think he has a grip on his team at all. And now we look at Nick Sirianni as a guy, okay, then what are you doing well, right? You know, what are you bringing to the table? And, you know, for me, that begs the question, is Nick Sirianni slowly but surely, you know, being placed on the hot seat? 
let's think about where they were, G Cop. You had a two game lead on everybody in your conference for the number one seed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you lose two games, Niners, Cowboys back to back. Okay, now things are a little tighter, but you're still in control of your own destiny. Then you lose to Seattle. And then you really fall off the hinges. You you barely survive the Giants. Then you lose to the Cardinals. Now you're you're lucky if you get your division. When you think about that level of collapse, and especially if they go into the playoffs and they end up being one and done, how do you come back from that? How do you restore confidence in your head coach to your players? I mean, they're already not responding to you right now, and they're in the playoffs. You you have a you have a chance to turn. They're not responding now. What mm-hmm. makes us believe they're going to change and all of a sudden believe in the message come off season or come the next season, knowing how they collapsed this year? Well, definitely, I would not be expecting, you know, to see uh, signs of life. You know, you're looking at the defense. You're going like, I mean, is any are those guys alive over there? What well, we got to check to see if anybody's breathing. That's how bad it is. So right now, um, you know, I I agree. I mean, they got they're gonna. They're gonna let. They're gonna get rid of people. They gotta get rid of people, you know. And and and, and coaches as well, you know. That's why, uh, you know, I remember coaches <laughs> would come and say, "Look, coach goes off." He says, "Look, they're probably gonna get rid of me, but I'm gonna get you before they get me." <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going down alone. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I can see somebody maybe making one of those speeches to their guys, but you you got to do something, and you got to know you know your players well enough to know. Look, you got a couple guys you got to talk one on one with, whatever. But you cannot let your team, you know, play like they did, where you know the guys don't respond. I mean, go out, come in there, and throw some, throw something in the locker room or something. You know, something. You know, you got to get guys going. And so, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought I, um, well, I probably respected this group better than they should have been, especially, like I said, uh, you know, that defense uh, for them to play like that was awful. Gee, is there anything they can do in this game to give you optimism, to, you know, to, to make you feel good about heading yeah. into the playoffs, even though it's the Giants, you know, et cetera? Yeah, you, you play uh, with your hair on fire. I mean, mm-hmm. come out, you know, you're basically trying to knock guys out. You're, you know, you're you're playing like it's your last game or whatever. You know, they got to – they got to – uh, guys got to start playing with some effort. And I don't know how many guys – how many, you know, how many people you're going to have play on, on Sunday. But, um, you know, when they get to the playoffs, whatever it is, you know, they know they got to play harder, man. Your defense has got to play harder than mm-hmm. they're playing. And that means you got to have everybody to the ball, um, but but as I said, I you know I like I don't want, I don't want to be sounding like a, a hundred year old guy in here talking. About <laughs> but I would look at the film. Any guy that was not running to the ball, I'm gonna run him till his tongue hangs out for practice or something. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna hate me because if I was coaching those guys, you better believe they would hate me, man. Cause I'm gonna be in there going crazy. Cause I'm saying, well, they're gonna fire me. So before they get me, I'm gonna make life like hell for you. Yeah, because you're much, making it like hell for me. 
How much so, has that new CBA hurt the hurt the NFL? Like the new CBA, the new collective bargaining bargain agreement, where these players can't really get on the field early enough. You know, with the guys in the off season, coaches yeah, only have them on grass for a certain <laughs> amount of time. How That's much right. has and you again? You come from an era where two a days, three a days, sometimes. Like how how much has the new CBA really hurt player development and how guys respond to criticism and hard work? Now, see, I, I really can't say it's hurt player development. It's because some coaches have done a good job uh, despite that. And that means, you know, you've you got to be able to connect with your players. I mean, you got to sit down with a guy, look him in the eye, and, and get to know him and let him get to know you. And you got to tell him about the fact that, hey, there's a fun part of this game, but there's part of this game that is business. And if you don't do your job, you know, hey, if you don't do your job, not for you're not be around long. Yeah. yeah. And you got to let it know, let guys know very quickly that that's the way it is and that, you know, you don't want to, you, you'd like to have a hospitable atmosphere. But if people are not doing their job, it's going to be awful to be around here. And you're not going to like being around me because if you're not doing your job, you know, I, I don't want to get into all what they're going to believe me. You're not going to do your job. And I think that's a coach's job. You know, see, I guess, you know, see, some of this is just, you know, my dad was uh, it was in the Army, see. Okay. And he was a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like in you're being nice, g Sound like you're being too nice. <laughs> in a good way, yeah. you know. Like, uh, uh, you know, I grew up in Connecticut. I went to school in California. Right. To USC. And one of the reasons I went there was because of Pops. <laughs> I wanted to get away from him. But see, I didn't realize that I hadn't grown up. See, mm. I wasn't a man. You know, I was a young teenager. I didn't know. When I got out there, I saw he had prepared me for what I was going to face. See? And so, you know, the rest of my life and the rest of his life, he, he died a couple years ago. I love my dad because my dad got me and my brothers and sisters ready for the real world. Okay. And that means we didn't love him. We wasn't huggy huggy on him like we were on our mom. She was the good one, yeah. you know, but my dad was getting us ready for the real world. And some of these guys need to be gotten ready for the real world. Mm -hmm. Son, you're making a good living, a great living, but doggone, if you're going to come in here and go through the motions, that ain't going to happen here, okay? And you're going to either do your job or you're not going to be here. And some of those guys do not understand that. And some of them have already crossed themselves their career. Either they're not giving everything they've got. I want you out here putting everything you can in because there's no guarantee you're going to be here that long. Mm -hmm. So give me everything you can. I, I hope you have a great career and go to the Hall of Fame and everything. But you're not going to be around here if you're not doing your job. I don't care who you are. And they need to be let, let them clearly know that some of those guys don't know that. They think everybody likes them. Right. We don't like you. We like production. You know, we want people to do their job. So some of those guys need to get that speech. They need a, they need a, I tell you, I, at times I walk in, I'm looking in the locker room. After you play like that, you're walking through here like, like everything is good. Everything is not good, you know? 
Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I, I could I could lose it over that. I mean, no, but that look, that's a reflection of the the I think coaching and, and not getting on these guys. Um, yeah. And maybe some of the people that you brought in too, from a front office perspective. Uh, G, great stuff, man. Go to gcob.com. Of course, you can follow him as well on Twitter at Gary Cobb. Yeah, I'm not doing anything on gcob.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, All they right. can check me out on. Um, Twitter, Fox 29. Yeah. You know, I, uh, yeah. Uh, I do. Uh, yeah. Of course, I'm a Fox 29. But if they want to respond, talk to me, you, know, you could go on Twitter or I've okay. been doing a little bit on um, what's the other one? I, all the social media. You you see <laughs> Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram. That's right. Instagram and there stuff. So, uh, okay. but yeah, because I, I, I just, you know, sometimes it's hard for me uh, to, to put up. When I went over there yesterday, I'm going, man, I need to just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> And, and just walk in here and walk I out. Let's see what you. everybody got to say. Walk in and walk out. That's right. Tone's got your bail money in case things goes those sideways. G, that's for sure. <laughs> G, we appreciate you hopping on, man. As always, great insights. Thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. I appreciate All right. you. Hey, have a good one, you guys. All right, Likewise. G. Take care. That is G Cobb, man. <laughs> got, the bell, got the bail money, right? <laughs> G went old school, man. He, hey, he's listen. ready. He, he told no to lies. Put it on some dudes. Yeah. He told no lies, Ari. I mean, uh -huh. look, you know, I, I totally understand where he's coming from. You know, you know, my dad. Was always hard on us growing up. Same. You know what I mean? He he yeah. made it very clear. Look, you know, if I I I'd much rather you not like me here rather than you go outside and think everybody likes you. You know yep. what I mean? It's, it's that's that's not how the life is, man. And um adversity is gonna hit, but how are you gonna respond? Regardless yeah. of what it is that you're going through, be useful, be mm -hmm. intentional, be passionate about it. You know what I mean? Um mean what you're saying, you know, just be you know be a stand up individual right and right now in this in this Eagles locker room having a hard time finding the passion you know yep. having a hard time finding uh, the fire so um, well, you know we'll, we'll see how this thing goes man um i don't know how much things will change come playoff time but we're here yeah. and um there's you know there's no turning back now there's no revisionist history we've all watched this season and and um you know and we went through it with a fine tooth comb um in so many different ways we know who this team is we just gotta, you know, believe it. Yeah, until proven otherwise, and until they prove to us that they they aren't who we've seen of late. That's for sure. All right, let's come back. Let's dig into a couple things. Should they start the starters? Should the starters play against the Giants? Uh, we'll give you a health update on on some of the guys who were in question. We'll get into some bigger picture philosophy sort of questions as well when it comes to the Eagles. So don't go anywhere. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis. Sports Take. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be challenging, right? And I was right there in the front of the line for a long time, but I found the right person in Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. And whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, uh, you might have uh, a new business that you just started up and you're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. You're not sure exactly how that works, all the machinations. Well, he can help you with that as well. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. So will you. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You can also email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We are back. That is home. I am Rob. We have Sports Day. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Hanging out with you on this Thursday. All right, Tone. So Thirsty Thursday, baby. Amen. Thirsty Thursday. What's your beer of choice, Ari? What's your beer of choice? I like a Guinness. Now I don't want Guinness is is heavy. So you can't you're not gonna drink a ton of them if you just you have a one or two. Okay, how about this then? Give me your give me your dark and give me your light. All right. Guinness definitely the dark. I go on the light side. I like a couple. I, first of all, I'm I'm not a beer snob tone. You want to give me a Miller Light? I'm good to go. Let's roll. All right. Mm-hmm. But I would just say that. But uh, I do in the summer. I like a Corona. Um, I like uh, my man, my yes. man, my man. You invited mm-hmm. to the kicker, Ari. That's all we oh, drink. It just puts me in the in the frame of mind, man. Where I'm I'm, I'm kicking it on a deck, or I'm out on um, you know I'm on the beach or whatever, and and that's a nice place to be, man. Mentally, so I like that. Um, I am, um, you know what? I like. There's a couple couple different drinks that I like. I I like I'm I like Amstel Light. That's a little bit on the darker side. Um, 
I don't like what I don't. I, you know, I know it's big now, but I'm not a huge fan of the seltzers. Do you like the hard seltzers? Like that's nah, become a thing. Nah, I'll be honest. Hard seltzers are for you know, um, what's another word for cats? You know, it's, it's for, for kids. It's, it's, it's yeah, for it's mean. for you know. I mean, it's for it's mm-hmm. for, it's, it's, it's for tushies. Yes. Um, but um, for me, like you said, I go. I love going Corona. You know, in the spring and the summertime. That's that yep. vibe. Um, you know, uh, I love Miller High Life. I love Miller High Life. Yeah. Oh yeah, just an old school. Yeah, yeah Miller, Miller High Life. Life. Yeah, the champagne yeah. of beers. That's what they call it. The Miller High Life. Um, I love Miller. I also, um, you know, as far as the dark goes, I'll go Yingling. Yingling's um, good. I love Yingling. Um, as far as in between, um, have you ever had a? Have you ever had a Rolling Rock? Yeah. Oh yeah. Rolling Rock. Rolling Rolling Rock is pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, Blue Moon's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, my 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 go tos, uh, Corona, and Yingling. Same. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm easy, man. I, and and I, again, I'm like, what do you have? All right, give me. It. Let's go. Uh, you know, if you're what's that one drink that you know in college we always go cheap. That's what we care about. Going oh, cheap dude. All right. Now, so what's, what's the one thing you're embarrassed to even say that you are indulging in every weekend? For me, it was Gordon's gin. Okay. <laughs> so I was we, Gordon up, baby, in college. <laughs> we used to get uh, Bush. We used to get. Uh, uh, peels. I don't even think they make that anymore. We used to get um, uh, Milwaukee's best. Oh I don't even think God. they make that anymore. Like this stuff is, if you poured it like on a on a on the hood of a car, it would take the paint off this stuff. But this you ever heard of, you ever heard of natural light? Oh yeah, natty light. Yeah, natty light natty all light. the time. Killed it. It's the it was the cheapest beer you can buy in college. When Here, I was here's the college. here's the weirdest oh. thing. When you go with like uh, I went to the. Uh, it like a lot of colleges now, like Bush Light is making a comeback because it's cheap, right? Yeah, I noticed that in a lot of the frat lots when I when I was when I was visiting. So, <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. I mean, a, a lot of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, a lot of oh my uh, god, a lot of um, savagery. Oh we would do uh, like Jungle Juice, where you would just pour all this stuff into a into mm-hmm. a vat. You know, with, with with mix it up with some a little bit of whatever, mm-hmm. and to just hit that, you know, or or tap it, you know, it, like it was out of a cooler, all that stuff, man. Paps, <laughs> oh man, oh man, I got the chat going. They start naming all the beers. Wow. Still, still reserved. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man, all that stuff. Uh, oh, old man. Milwaukee, Milwaukee's best. Bush, old English, Jesus, old English. Oh. Uh, Mad Dog, twenty twenty. Uh, you know, boons like same thing basically. Uh, any of that kind of stuff that, yeah, I was, I'm never, I am not, um, I'm not a spirits guy, like, I'm not a wine guy, I'm not a scotch guy, it's just not my taste. I'm, I'm, uh, give me a beer, I'm good. That's where I've always been. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not much of a mixed drink, you know, uh, rum and coke or whatever. It's just not my scene. I'm more of a beer guy. I, I, I get it, you know, um, to put a button on it, you know, when. I like when I go out to places, you know, I can't buy their mixed drinks because I feel like they water them down with ice and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so yeah. for me, what I'll do is I'll I'll get a beer and I'll get a shot of my favorite, you know, liquor or whatever. Take the shot and just, and just hang out on the beer and then I'm perfectly where mm-hmm. I want to be. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I like I like being in control of my my trajectory. 
You're I agree with you. I agree. I, well, I, the problem is you start, you'd get beyond that one shot, and then you're just speeding that process up. And especially when you're mixing and matching with beer, beer and liquor, never sicker, you know, the whole nine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Start liquor doing before, that. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So it, it can get you, it can get you where you need to be fast, but it's going to take its toll on you too. Real Definitely. quick. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple, a couple things, uh, health wise, um, believe it or not, they are, Eagles are pretty healthy going into this thing. Nick said yesterday, everybody could be up, meaning like they could have Devonte Smith, who we, we look like it was going to be a lot worse than it is. Um, they, they, they look like they may get slay back. They may get Zach Cunningham back. So, I mean, you're getting healthy. You add that to the fact that Devonte Maddox doesn't look like it's anything real serious. They're about as healthy as they've been, um, you know, coming up this Sunday if all these guys are able to go. But certainly you would think for the playoffs in two weeks, they'll, they'll all be able to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, so funny. None of these guys are being healthy, uh, getting healthy again. Um, I wish that was the the crux of their issues. Right. right? Yeah, I you wish, can live with that. I wish that was the, you know, you know, they're missing these guys. You know, the guys are still playing well, but they're missing this guy. And it's, it's a weakness in the defense. It's just even when they were healthy. Earlier on, it was just you really didn't know what to make of it. But I'm, I'm going to try to reserve some optimism because they're getting healthier. Um, you know, the further we get away from the Sean Desai move, the more I feel like it was a mistake. Um, as far as as far as devoting him and elevating Matt Patricia, the further we get away from it, the more I believe it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't think Sean Desai was having a, doing a great job, and even then, when it happened, I'm like, you know, okay, I welcomed the change, but I didn't like how they handled it. I still didn't like how they handled it. And but even then now it's just like knowing what we know, I have a hard time believing that the move even helped them. You know, you asked G Cobb, you know, did do you believe the change got them better or worse? And he said he said they he thinks they're a little worse. Yeah. You know, because of the things he's added in, Matt Patricia. And because now it's a different voice. Um guys are thinking more now than playing instinctually, at least. And showing the size situation, at least the, the voice would have been familiar. And at the very least, you knew what you had to do and you could think less. Mm-hmm. But um, ultimately, we're going to have to see how this thing pans out when, when the playoffs come. And, you know, in the playoffs, teams, anything can happen. You know, a turnover there, an injury there, uh, a tip ball, anything can happen in the playoffs that, that goes in your favor. Um, 2017, the odds were stacked against us, right? So, you know, we'll see how they respond to the odds man stacked against them this year. Different, yeah. different, different crew, different coaches, right. different circumstances. But once you get into playoffs, anything's possible. And sometimes teams just go on these weird runs that you can't explain. So we'll, we'll see, man. Um, I'm trying to remain optimistic through the, um, you know, my, my, my apprehension. Well, all right. So that leads to – and, look, I think we're on the same page here with this one. But nonetheless um, – I don't understand for a minute how this is even a question, but everybody's playing for me on Sunday. You still have a chance at the division, number one. Dow- you and Dallas play at the same time. So we don't know what the – it's not like Dallas would play at 1 o'clock and they won and there's nothing to play for. You don't know right now. So <clears throat> I'm absolutely playing everybody, number one, for that reason. Number two, because you need momentum. You need something good to carry over into the postseason, into that wild card weekend next weekend. I mean, the notion that you would sit these guys because everybody's afraid of this turf and all that, I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't like that turf either. 
But these guys need to play in a right. big way. They need a blowout. They need a they need a domination to go like yeah. I mean, granted, it won't change much for me, but maybe for them. For them, it's they, not going to do it for us, but it's for them. For, I for think. them, right? Yeah. That's exactly for them. They need to beat this team fifty to like three or something. <laughs> hey, no they lie. Need, Think about they, just look at the Christmas game tone. Did any of us come away feeling better? Like they survived it, but did any of us come away feeling good? No, no, no. So they need to spank them here. They they do. They need to put it on them. I mean, they ruined my birthday, so they owe me. So <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's 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 it's, it's ridiculous. Have has there ever been a sporting event? That you really was looking forward to, and it just so happened to fall on your birthday, and you were like, "Please, just give me this. Just give me this." See, I'm March 10th, so it would usually have to be like oh, a six-year yeah. flyer game. You know yeah. what I mean? Okay. It would, yeah. So I, I can't. You know that, or yeah. it, you know, with a basketball regular season or hockey, it's generally not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. See me. Yeah. Play football season. My birthday it always lines up somehow, some way, and I'm just like, look, just give, just give me a birthday gift, man. Yeah. Just give me a, just give me a nice little birthday. I don't need nothing major. Just win. And they couldn't, <laughs> yeah. they couldn't even do that. I think, you know, it's it's funny. Like, they, they did survive Christmas, so most people were kind of like, eh, all right, it wasn't great, but whatever. I, I definitely think the loss on New Year's Eve set some tone for some people, you know, where they were just, like, down uh, because of that. Because that was – and it was, like, it was a 1 o'clock game. It was a nice day weather-wise here. Like, everything set up so well for that to be that game. And, man – Mm. Just crapped it away, baby. Just crapped sure it away. Yep. Sure did. Um, oh. <laughs> it's been the name of the game all year. Just crapping it away. All right. So here's the uh, the couple questions moving forward here. And again, uh, twelve thirty. Anthony Sanfilippo is going to join us. But <sighs> tell them they have some tough decisions. Um, they have tough decisions. I think with the head coach and with both coordinators. Now, I'm on record as saying I think Nick is back. Uh, I I also will say. If this thing looks like a disaster on Sunday and a disaster in their wild card round, things can change. Okay, I, I, I I'm not married right. to it. Okay, right. So, 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 just to be clear, you yeah. think he's back, but if this thing goes south fast, you yes. wouldn't be surprised if he got fired. Correct. Okay, Correct. Just wanna, that's where and, I'm at, and I think we are in the exact same place. Yeah, I think uh, he's ultimately going to be back, but if something goes south really fast, really badly, I think I think he can be as good as gone. Yeah. Um, I think they're definitely changing it up defensively. Like I, I don't even with I don't think Patricia's back. I don't think this. I think that's it looks totally different as a defensive coordinator, whatever it is. Mm. I think offense is up in the air right now. Um, if you if you just look at the totality of the numbers, offensively it's not that bad um, in terms of points. And, and you know you have a thousand yard rusher, thousand yard receiver, two thousand yard receivers. Jalen's numbers minus the turnovers are pretty good. I think Brian Johnson may survive, but that's not a lock. I think that one is really up in the air, too, how the offense looks, you know, to close out the season. So I think that's up in the air. Where do you fall with the coordinators? Definitely believe defense is going to have the biggest overhaul. Um, I think they're going to overhaul a roster. I think they're going to overhaul coaching staff. Um, the only guy I think that may stick around on that side um, from, a, from a coaching standpoint, you may – you may get Tracy Rocker back. You may. D-line coach. Yeah, um, D-line coach. Yeah. I, I, I think he's fairly good at his job. Um, I just think some, something's wrong. Something's off this year. But mm. I, I think overall he's been pretty decent. Um, as far as the offensive side, though, 
I think it's a tougher call. It's it a is tough a tougher. Call. It is a tougher call because there's more. There's more things tied into Brian Johnson than just there's interpersonal relationship. Yeah, the, the big one. Yeah, the big yeah. one. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think that should be a reason why they don't consider making a change on that side. No, um, I think it's and, a massive mistake if they do. And I don't think they should just look at the numbers and say, "Well, the numbers indicate he it wasn't a bad year." What did your eyes tell you? What did the situations tell you when it mattered most? Mm-hmm. Um. I think they need to really, really um, go through Brian Johnson's uh, tape with a fine-tooth comb. And uh, remember, you know, with Hertz, he had two years under Shane, and that mm-hmm. allowed him to really blossom, right? Does Brian Johnson deserve the same courtesy, given two years with Jalen so Jalen can get comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um if I had to guess, if I had to, if I had to really guess, I think, I think Brian's going to be back. I do too. I think he's going to be too. back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but again, that's if things don't, if, if things go soft really fast, you know, it may be an overhaul. But if I if I had to roll the dice, I I, I think Nick's going to be back, barring anything un, unforeseen. Um, Brian Johnson will be back, and I think the defensive side is going to be a complete overhaul. Yep, I do too. I do too. Um, I, I think that's the way it goes. But again, um, yeah. I'm giving. And it's a I'm, different question, also. If you think they deserve to be back, that's a different conversation. Do I think the, Do I think Brian deserves to be back? Probably not. But if I'm looking about the, if I'm thinking about the way the Eagles are thinking, I think they're going to bring that man back. I think they're going to bring Nick back. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, elsewhere, um, what do you do with James Bradbury? Ooh. I mean, can you really, in good faith, start him next year? I could. The way that he's gotten torched, man. I couldn't do it. I'll eat the money. Mm-hmm. I'll eat the money. I'll find a. I'll. I'll find a way to deal with it. I'll. I'll defer it. Whatever I got to do. I'm. I'm moving on. He. He has been a shell of himself. Mm-hmm. A shell. There's no way. I, there's no way I can make sense of keeping him on this payroll or, or keeping him on the, ro- the active roster. There's no mm-hmm. way. Um, I'm doing a lot of soul searching this offseason. I'm going to find out any way that I can off that contract, any way that I can. Um, I think they need to go – I think they need to go corner heavy in this draft. Um, first round, definitely. They definitely need a first-round talent at corner. You need you need a legit talent at corner that you can nurture and cultivate um, and that the city can get behind. Mm-hmm. Um they have so much work in front of them when it comes to this defense in the offseason. What are you going to do with the linebacker room? Mm-hmm. How are you going to adjust the safety position, uh, the, the cornerback depth? And uh, what are you going to do with Slay and Bradbury? Are you going to keep one of them? Are you going to move on from both of them in the offseason? What, what, what's the game plan? So um, it's a lot of it's a lot of work to be done. I can't even begin to think. What the you know what the first domino is going to be? What do you think is going to be the first domino to fall in the offseason? Um, so I think they have some hard decisions to make. I, I think that um, I think they're probably going to part ways with Brandon Graham, mm. uh, and not that he was costing you a ton of money. That's not a that's not a big deal in terms of the financial hit, but it's a it's a it's an emotional leadership tie thing. But they have to start moving on from some of these older guys. They're going to need a, a commitment one way or the other from Kelsey pretty early in this thing to decide what direction they're going to go. So that's going to be another thing they're going to have to decide. I'll, I'll give you one more tone that's, you know, and we, 
I would bring Fletcher Cox back. I would too. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be back, but it, I wonder what the number's going to be because he's had a good year. Um, back to back years, actually. Through, yeah, and, and th- through chaos. I mean, he's he's been the he's been their best D tackle, damn near. I mean, their most he, consistent. He has. There's no if ands or buts about it, man. He's been their best defensive tackle the whole year. At age 33, 34, yeah. whatever, how old he is, 32, something. But Let me throw one be- more out there. Um, you know, he's over 1,000 yards, and he's now made a Pro Bowl. Like, Swift brought a lot to the table. Uh, you know, are we just going to automatically chalk it up to they don't play running backs and let them walk? Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, for me at least, right? I, I, I just don't – would I love him back? Definitely. I would love for him to be back. Let me make that clear. I would love to have – John J. Swift back here. Yeah, I want him back, man. Do I think they're going to bring him back, though? Nope. Nope. They just, I would like they, them to do. I would like them to legitimately let him play the market. And then, then if you know they decide it's too pricey for them, then you let him walk. It seems like with Edwards, they said go play the market, and the Eagles never offered him anything. And then, yeah, Chicago, they didn't offer him a contract at all. It's, it's, like, it's like they told him to play the market and just forgot about him. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they didn't even counter or say, all right, look, we can do this. And you're in a better situation, a winning situation. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't do none of that. So, I mean, they have, they, they haven't shown me any semblance that they're going to commit to a running back long term, unless they drafted him, right? And even then, they drafted Smith. I mean, um, Sanders. And look, he's gone. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I I I just don't think they. I just don't see it in their DNA to keep DeAndre Swift. Here's the thing. They don't have the guy here. They don't have him. So you're either going to have to do what you did. To, you know, they, they made a great trade to get Swift. They didn't get much up. Either you're making a trade, you're signing a free agent, or you're drafting a guy. Because right now, I know they love Gainwell. I think Gainwell's okay. But it's Gainwell, Scott, and likely Rashad Penny out the door. You don't have it right now. So they're going to have to do something with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um I could definitely see them make I could definitely see them finding a running back on a contract that maybe has a year or two left and they like like they're gonna keep they they gotta prove it to me, right? They're they're gonna just continue to piecemeal this running back room. Mm-hmm. Probably gonna keep doing the same thing with the linebacker room and just hope they hit on something or someone. I want to get into that. Let, let's you know what? Let, let's hold that thought because I want to I want to circle back to phil- philosophies. Okay, the philosophy of not putting any kind of importance in the linebacker thing. The philosophy of playing the sticks defense that they play. We're not giving up big plays. I want to I want to dive into philosophical Eagles. You know, and then we'll, we'll bounce some of this stuff off Anthony Sanfilippo as well. But I want you and I to get into that pretty hard in a minute. All right, but let's get a timeout in here. Let's talk to Anthony when we come back. We're going to hit everything with him. Flyers. Sixers, Phillies, Eagles, the whole nine. We'll run the gamut with him when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's Tone DeShields. I am Rob Ellis on this Thursday. All right, let's talk about ProAction Restoration. Yes, ProAction Restoration. If you have a home, a business, you've experienced the pain, the inconvenience of fire, smoke, mold damage. You know how challenging that can be. I went through it. I went through it with my basement, and and the guys are there today, uh, you know, finishing off the carpets because I had my carpets ruined, my ceiling ruined, my walls ruined. And ProAction Restoration took care of all of it. And they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist if you have any problems. The other thing is that's great is they are licensed, bonded, fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, whether it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, 
they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamutton Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. This Thursday, great to be hanging with you guys. Appreciate it. He's Tony Shields. I'm Rob Ellis, and we are Sports Take. All right, joining us right now, you can catch his work uh, at crossingbroad.com. Also, love his podcast. You want to check out Snow the Goalie, okay? And also the, uh, his Phillies podcast as well, which is awesome. Crossed up. That is the one, the only Anthony Sanfilippo. And what's going on, my man? How you doing? Doing great, boys. Good to see you. Happy New Year. All right, where's the limit on Happy New Year in? I I give it a week. Uh, Larry (laughs) David claims it's January 3rd. Where do we fall on this? Yeah, I I tend to think it's a little bit flexible. It's like the first, you know, if it's it's within the first couple weeks of the year and you haven't spoken to someone and it's the first time you're talking to them, I think you're okay to say Happy New Year. If if it goes beyond that, or if you've seen them already, yeah, you can't revisit. It, you yeah. can't go twice. You can't. Right, you can't double dip right. Yeah, I'll know. even go as far as giving you January. If I if I haven't seen you at all, and then I see you January twentieth, I'll tell you Happy New Year. You yeah, I, I, I'll give it to you. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I'm cool with that. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I want to jump around, and but we'll we'll start uh, with the Flyers here. Yeah. 19, 13, and 5 uh, start. And I know it's been a little bit rough. To, it was rough to close out the West Coast. I get that. Yep. Uh, haven't been quite the same uh, very recent. But, man, what a start. You know, what a start yeah. to w- what we've seen so far. And as somebody who's covered this team for a very long time, I want to ask you first, how surprising is it to you that they've they've gotten off to this degree of a good start? Yeah, the surprising part for me, Rob, is – that it extended as long as it did. I wasn't really surprised at the very beginning of the season because Torts works his players in training camp like no other coach. And so usually in hockey teams, it's it's kind of like this unspoken agreement that they're going to let that first month kind of be like the extended preseason work themselves into hockey shape mm-hmm. towards is very old school doesn't believe in that once his players going right off the bat so even though the flyers had some tough opponents early in the season i kind of thought they're going to catch a couple of these teams they're going to surprise them because they're in much better shape and better conditioning than the uh, than these other players are but when it extended into november and then into the beginning of december and they were playing really good hockey in mid-december it's like you know what this team is it's better than a lot of people thought that they were going to be, myself included. I didn't think they would be that good. Um, but I still held reservations, and my reservations were always related to the style of play that they use. They were implementing a style of play that was that was reliant on um, making home run plays offensively and blocking a ton of shots defensively and playing a more of a physical style of game that in hockey you don't normally see around the league until the trade deadline and then mm-hmm. the push to the playoffs, right? And, and my my concern was, how can you put up with that or put up playing that way 
82 games. Like eventually it's going to catch up to you. You're you're physically the, the will might be there, but the the actual ability might not be there mm-hmm. with you. And I think we start to saw some cracks in it um, over the last eight games or so. Even a couple of wins that they had in there, I, I felt like it was a little bit there as well. Um, and I think that that's part of what's kind of like, okay, now let's see where the team is over the course of the next four weeks. Because I think this will be the real telltale of what this Flyers team is. If they're still in playoff contention at the end of January or, or they're in a playoff spot, they probably make it this year. Um, if they're not, then you sit there and go, yeah, they probably just were a speed horse who got out in front and mm. now they're fading back. You know, and, you know, we briefly touched on, um, you know, them potentially making the playoffs and the trade deadline, right? You know, how, speak on how difficult it is. Cause again, they, they've, they've achieved some early success. The team is very young. Um, you got some veterans sprinkled in there. Um, some people look at them as a team that maybe some players at the trade deadline, some guys have up, some guys have elevated their value. Um, but speak on how difficult it is for a team in their position to remain honest with themselves, especially at the trade deadline and not, or not over overestimate where they are, especially in their rebuild. And that's the, that's the danger that any team faces in any sport. If they start to find success, maybe sooner than their original timeline for success, uh, in their in their plan rebuild plan comes to for what comes you know, happens and and teams do it all the time they go oh well we're good we're better than we thought we got here faster let's go get the players we need and make the run now and then all of a sudden they take a step backwards I mean I'll give it an example a current example that is that is in the NHL is you look at a team like the New Jersey Devils who have a world of talent they're a very very good team last year there was a lot of people who thought that they could get through to the Stanley Cup final as well as they were playing they got knocked out. They said, well, they're going to be one of the top teams in the league over the next several years, and they will be, but they're having a step-back year right now. Right now, they're not in a playoff spot, and the Flyers are. So if you're the Flyers and you're that, you know, you look at it from that perspective, you sit there and say, we don't want to be that. Hmm. Next season, we don't want to fall backwards. We want this to continue building forwards. And so you let this season play out however it plays out. You don't go, you know, all in and trade for for somebody to help your team now that's that's going to give up assets for down the road you just let this team play and at the deadline you see where you're at if you're still in it you kind of keep them together and say all right boys if you make it great if not hey it was a good it was a good experience to try and make it and if you're falling out of it then you sit there and go okay now we have a few players who are on expiring contracts who we can move and pick up some decent assets in return i think that danny briere and keith jones and, and john tortorella uh, are all in lockstep with that kind of approach, and I don't think that they're going to be pushing to add to this team, even if they're in a playoff spot uh, come the trade deadline. All right, well, let's look at it from a selling ang- angle, and because yeah. there is a fine line. You know, you want veterans there. You want guys who can show the young kids how to go about their business, right? But also, if there's value to be to be gotten, I mean, like, would they be willing to pull the trigger on a Couturier and Atkinson? Like, what's the level? How high up does it does it go on the on the on the ladder that they would be willing to trade? It's t- it's t- first of all, I think that they would trade. There's a lot of people that they would trade. I'm not sure Couturier is one of them. I think mm-hmm. that he's had a really nice yeah bounce back after not playing for two years. As he's playing top line center minutes. He's been pretty good. Um, he's not been a hundred percent Sean Couturier, Selkie Trophy winning Sean Couturier, but he's been pretty solid. Mm. So I don't think that they're they're interested in, in moving uh, a player like that. But I, I would think that anybody else, if the if the trade was right, they would. That being said, hockey's weird. At the trade deadline, you don't normally trade players with term. 
Mm. Uh, players with contracts, I mean, sometimes they go right, but for the most part, they don't. They just that they're off season moves um, mm. at the at the draft at free, start of free agency. But deadline is usually guys who are on expiring contracts, or if anything, maybe have a year left. Um, cause you, then you're like, okay, well, we'll take, we'll eat some of that salary for this year and next year because it'll get us a better asset. Now, other than that, you're really not going to see that. So I don't think that you're going to look at anybody with any kind of term really get moved at the deadline. I think the players that if, if the flyers are selling the players that they're going to look to move are going to be Sean Walker. Who's had a really nice season. Yeah, I like him. Really nice season. Um, so much so that he might even be able to get them. And this is crazy to say, but he might be able to get them maybe like a, um, a first rounder if it's like a uh, a condition it's like a wow. second second round pick conditional first round if they make if we uh, if we make it to the semi conference finals or something mm-hmm. uh then it becomes a first rounder so i think that that's something that could happen with him i think nick sealer who is his partner mm-hmm. um also fits that mold uh of a player who can get you a, a better draft pick than maybe you thought he was worth um when you when you re-signed him last year um and then the other two names I'm going to mention, one is Mark Stahl. It's probably not going to get you anything uh, other than maybe like a late pick. It's almost like a we'll move you because, you know, you did us a solid to come in here and be a veteran. Yeah, do you a favor to try yeah. and maybe win one. Yeah, try and yeah. help you win one, that kind of deal. The other one I think is going to be interesting, and I think it's Morgan Frost. Mm-hmm. And there's because now you're talking about a player who's a little bit younger, who's got a contract. Um, and, and it's, it's a contract that maybe a team will take without you having to eat any of the salary. Um, I, I, he just does not, he does not fit John Torello mold team. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets pulled from the lineup again here soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know he missed games twice earlier this year. There was like a stretch, I think it was seven games and then he was, he came back for two and then they pulled him out again. He's been in the lineup since. And I, I think that his play has been non-existent and i think he'll i think i wouldn't be surprised if he comes out cam atkinson who you mentioned this is an interesting one to me because he's not scored a goal in 22 games yeah it's been a while okay and he's a goal scorer hasn't Mm -hmm. scored 22 games his he's never take he never takes penalties this guy right he took two in the first 31 games two minor penalties in the first 31 games he has five in the last six so it's frustration. It's starting to set in. And it's come out. He's 34. He's got money on his contract. I don't see how another team looks at that and says, we'll take it. I think the yeah. Flyers are kind of saddled with that contract. Maybe the move is to pull him out of the lineup as well and almost kind of see if it gets if it creates a reset mm-hmm. for him. I, I, I would look at guys like that, like, like mm-hmm. Atkinson and Frost, to really kind of, you know, they would like to move them. The question is, can you? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, we briefly touched on Keith Jones and uh, Daniel Breer, and yep. um, the, also the potential moves that could be made with the trade deadline, guys that could stay, could go, so on and so forth. You know, how what's been your evaluation of this new look front office with Keith Jones uh, paired with uh, uh, Daniel Breer? I mean, um, how how lockstep are they? Um, what have you heard around the grapevine in terms of their overall vision for this team and their process and how long they anticipate this rebuild to last? Yeah, no, I, I've been impressed with with them. Um, Jonesy, for it's different for each one. Like Danny, Danny's more the hockey-related guy. Danny's the one focusing on the players and the roster and, and making this team better. But Jonesy, a lot of what his responsibility has been since taking this role has been to kind of reconnect 
the city with the fan base and the city, mm. uh, I mean, the team with the city and the fan base. And I think they've done a nice job so far. They have more work to do. It's not like they're selling out every game. But there is an, a, a better environment in that building. Um, he and Dan Hilferty are out on out in the concourse. They're meeting the fans. They're hanging out with fans, taking pictures, signing autographs, just really kind of engaging them. And they're bringing things back to really get fans excited about hockey in Philadelphia again. And I think that, you know, when you look at how long this is going to take and they think, you know, three to four years is probably the, the, the goal, right? They think when the kid Mishkov, who they drafted last year, is finally able to come over from Russia, that's when they'd like to really be a competitive team at that point, like to really be a contender. They want to take the time that leads up to that to really get people excited about hockey in the city again. And so I think Keith Jones has done a really nice job from that angle, from that side of things. Danny's been very meticulous. I mean, in, in a sense of, of how he's going to do things. He's only really so far, his moves have been around the edges. He's blown out contracts, which has been good, but the returns haven't been massive, but it's more like, let's just, you know, do what we need to do to kind of right the ship. And I think that he's, you know, constant communication. I keep hearing that from other teams that he's talking to and he'll listen on anybody. And, and that's refreshing. I think in that, He'll really consider moving anybody on this roster right now. And it so sounds like ownership is. It sounds like ownership is really, really in tune with this process as well. Well, that needed a change, Tone. That was a big problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to remember who was. I mean, Dave Scott was there. He was all about we got to win now, win now, win now at all costs because it was a bottom line driven decision. With replacing him with Dan Hilferty, Hilferty understands that if you need to get good, it's going to take a little bit of time. So let's let's work on building some good relationships away from the team being good. And then when the team's good, they'll that they'll be there to support us. Mm -hmm. And I think that so I think that that was that was the biggest change more than anything else. I'm not saying that Keith Jones and Danny Breer weren't big changes. They were. But the biggest change and the most important change was was replacing Dave Scott with uh, Dan Hilferty. Hey, last uh, flyers for me, and I want to jump yeah. to the Phillies real quick. Um, yeah. Which of the young guys has impressed you the most? And you could throw the goaltender in there. If you yeah, want. I, mean, I think that that's I think that's the one. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, at different times, different guys have been good. I mean, you know, Bobby Brink got off to a great yeah. start. Tyson Forster had a great stretch early, and you're like, wow, that kid's actually pretty good. Um, so you know, and Owen Tippett had has had his flashes. I mean, they've had good efforts, but the most consistent player to me has been Sam Erson. Yep. And, and, you know, he had the first two games where he was not good, but then every start since he's been really solid or, or excellent for them. He's great in, in shootouts and, and breakaways. Like he's so strong in a breakaway. Um, it, it's gotten to the point now where you look at this tandem that they have and you have Carter Hart and, and, and Sam Erson. They have two guys who they feel are number one goalies in the NHL. Carter Hart's already already established, obviously, as a number one goalie, but they feel like Sam Erson is also a number one caliber goalie. And and most teams struggle to have one guy, let alone two. So this is a good problem to have for the Flyers. Plus, they have depth at the position with young kids coming down the line. So um, I, I think that that's a, that's a good spot for the for the Flyers to be in in goal. And Erson has really impressed me so far. Okay. Uh, let me jump over to the Phillies now. Yeah, let's um, talk Phillies, who haven't done anything. Right. Other than Nola, it has been really quiet. How, yeah. in your estimation, how real was the Yamamoto stuff? How much do you think they were really in that? How much were they 
were they in Otani at all? Like, what no. is there anything else? To, is that all smoke and mirror kind the, of? Otani was not. They were never in the Otani thing. But I think that that they were serious about Yamamoto. In okay. fact, from what we're hearing is that there were they were the Yamamoto's camp was really impressed hmm. with the Phillies presentation and and maybe kind of surprised them at how impressed that he would be at that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he went where he wanted to go, right? It's it's tough to bring Japanese players or Asian players uh, to anywhere other than West Coast teams or New York or Boston, right? I mean, really, it's, that's... From a population standpoint. It's, 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 it's where they want to play, and that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. free agency is all about, and, yeah. you know, that's it's their choice to choose that. But it, it's important that the Phillies, I think, are establishing themselves as players in that market, because mm. once somebody agrees to come here, then it's like, oh yeah, oh he went to Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia is a good a good spot to go as well. Mm. Then it becomes like another East Coast option, right? For for these um, uh, Asian players. So I think that it's really important that they were part of it, and and they went hard, and they didn't get them. They made a very competitive offer and didn't get them. Um, I, I keep hearing that they're still in on starting pitchers. And that's the thing that's interesting to me. They have five starters right now. Yeah, they can go into the season with, and you have a couple of young kids who they feel like are depth guys. Okay, fine, but they're still trying to get another starter. And I'm I'm curious as, as to what that leads to. What how did the dominoes fall from there? Because who are you taking out of your rotation if you if in fact if in fact you sign another starter, who's coming out of the rotation? I, I it would seem to me they're going to eat a lot of Walker and try and unload him. That's just my guess. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's what you do. Um, well, you know, well, 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 well so just to stand there for a second. Yeah. Where do you think their most dire needs lie then? Um, because, you know, pitching in the playoffs sort of fell off by the wayside towards the back end. Yeah. Um, but and also the bats kind of went quiet, too. So you did. Where, where, where do you think their, their, their strongest needs are right now? I'll give you currently two. built. I'll give you two. The, the one that I think that, that I personally think they need the most from an offensive perspective is on base. I, I don't think that they get yes. on base enough. Yes. Um, I, I, look, I think Schwarber, right-handed on base, right? Especially right-handed guys. Yes. And, and look, especially when you think about look what the Braves just did. Let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that they just traded for Chris Sale, who's a lefty. They have Max Freed, who's a lefty. They are loading up to to go after the Phillies left-handed hitters who are Schwarber and Harper, who are your best your best guys, right? So, Stott. well, Stott too. Yeah, but Stott actually hits lefties a little bit. He does. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, two two playoff runs in a row, the, the Phillies knock the Braves out. They better do something. To right. well, so, <laughs> so you do need some right-handed on-base ability, okay? Um, so I think that that's their their biggest need. I don't know where that ends up coming. If it comes up coming as a platoon outfielder that you platoon with Brandon Marsh and that they can play against left-handers and it's, you know, whatever. Um, I think that's the biggest need. The second biggest need to me is another right-handed arm in the bullpen. I think they're they're fine from the left side, right? And I know Kirkering is going to be there this year where he wasn't there for the full season last year. Uh, he kind of replaces Kimbrell in, in that regard. Um, but, you know, what else do you have is right-handed relievers. You have Jeff Hoffman. Nice story. Mm-hmm. You know, you hope he could do it again. Um, but there's no guarantees. I mean, that was the best year of his career last year. And, and you hope that he figures he's figured it out and that stays. But, you know, relievers are volatile. They go, they flip and they come and go. Um, Sir Anthony Dominguez, yeah. I mean, how do you feel about him right now, right, out of the bullpen? Um, then you had guys who two years ago were really good, in Connor Brogdon and Andrew Bellotti, and last year 
they were a mess and had to be sent it down to triple a so you know you got like you know junior Marte, who they like but i mean geez he's still a project um where's the right-handed filth in the bullpen Mm -hmm. that i think is their other need so like i I would go with a right-handed bat that gets on base and a right-handed relief pitcher i think that's what they need the most most likely not monster names in your estimation solid but not great yeah i don't think so i don't think that you're looking at because I don't think that they they want to trade for a closer, quote unquote, like a right. lock guaranteed lockdown closer because they like the flexibility of playing matchup late in games. And let's be honest, it worked yeah. for the majority of the season and most of the playoffs. It worked mm-hmm. you know, to be able to match up your lefty against their lefty, your righties against their righties. Um, and so it's a really good bullpen from that perspective. But I think that it's lacking on the right side. Now, can it can is that something maybe you don't see it right now in free agency and you try and piecemeal it for the beginning of the year and then you go figure it out at the deadline? Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. that's how they're, they approach. You don't have to have everything at the beginning of the year. And if that's their one weakness going into the season, okay, fine. It's their one weakness going into the season, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's how I look at it. I think that those are the two most important things. All right. Let, let me jump to the birds here because I know obviously you're not there every day, but I know what yeah. you, you keep an eye on everything. Yes, uh, we do. It's been a hell of a month, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Put it nicely. Put it nicely, yeah. Ari. Put it nicely. Just give me get, how did it get here, Ant? And is there any chance that they pull a rabbit out of their hat here and get on a run? I don't see it. No, I don't see it. I really don't. I, you know, I've been around long enough to see teams have this kind of meltdown uh, in sports, just in general, and yeah. and just don't I don't see you being able to fix it in the span of a week and a half, two weeks, and mm-hmm. suddenly you're you're good to go in the playoffs, right? The defense has got major major problems right now. Um, how does it? How did this happen? I'm gonna I'll throw this at you, and you tell me what you think, Rob, and Tone. Um, I think that the Eagles had gotten really good at being good that they didn't remember how to deal with adversity, how to get out of being bad. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I think that, I think that they had gotten so good at being the team that's better than everybody else or one of the top two teams that, yeah. you know, in the league that, that when it came down back to the point that somebody punches you in the mouth, okay, yeah, we'll rebound next week. And then it just didn't, and it snowballed. It snowballed on them, and they they kind of forgot that mm. just two years ago they were a nine and seven team or whatever it was. They had ten and ten and seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nine and eight, I think. Nine, nine eight. and eight, whatever it was. No, but yeah. man, that's an interesting point. You've gone basically. You went a year and a half. Yeah, steamrolling. You know, sans the Super Bowl, obviously. Right. But you, you, I mean, yeah, you weren't accustomed to it. Hmm. To yeah. the old so, Mike Tyson. So, thing. so one can argue because I, I, I've talked about this briefly. I, I, I don't know if you remember, Rob. I think I brought this up with you. Mm-hmm. Is is it fair to say that, you know, this team, even Jalen Hurts, even the coaching staff, however you want to break it down, is it fair to say just, just this collective, they've experienced success so early, so quickly that we we overlooked their deficiencies as they, you know, as they were. Is, is that fair to say? I, I think so. I think it is. I think it's very fair to say. I think that we we anointed this coaching staff too quickly to mm. being amongst the elite coaches and coaching staffs in football. Not to say that they're a bad coaching staff. I just don't think that they're as great as everybody made them out to be. And mm. once they got challenged and we look, when I saw that schedule come out last year and you saw those six games, now I didn't think it would go win three, lose three. 
right? I didn't yeah. think that that six game stretch was going to be, you know, win the first. I thought, but I thought three and three was a very real possibility mm-hmm. just because of how tough it was. It just so happened that they were able to find ways to win the first three, but that once the Niners smacked them, then it was like, okay, all right, well, we'll rebound. Oh no. Now Dallas smacks you. Oh my God, what's going on? And then you blow the game in Seattle and now everybody's in total panic mode. And yeah, you get the one rebound game against the Giants, but man, that wasn't a great game. Mm. And then you lose at home to Arizona, mm. which it's almost, I mean, that's the bottom rung. I mean, how it can't get worse than that, can no. it? Yeah. I mean, I don't remember a worse regular season defeat. Yeah. And I mean, it, it looks yeah. like they've been on borrowed time. If you really, if you really map this season out from beginning to now, you, it almost seems like it was coming. But we well, but we were ignoring it. Yeah. Well, hindsight being twenty twenty, of course. Yeah. I mean, like you see, if you go back and look at the the way that they won some of those games early in the year, when they were getting credit for being such a resilient team, and you know they're a, they have the heart of a champion, they know how to win even when they're not playing their best. But then every week you would hear Jalen Hurts say, "Oh, well, we still haven't even played our best game." Well, maybe you have. Maybe mm. you have played your best game, and now it's just finally coming coming to fruition that these these flaws existed even when you were winning as it usually is I, I, you know i was talking to john tortorella about this a couple weeks ago sometimes you lose a game and you point out why you lost the game and i and i remember and i asked him a question i said but had you seen this in the last few games where you were winning and he said yes you can always see it coming mm-hmm. and so maybe internally the eagles saw some of this coming maybe maybe that doesn't get out you know the fans don't don't see it they see 10 and one we're winning games great but maybe they see it inside and it's like uh uh-oh and they haven't been able to figure it out even when they were winning and now that they're losing they really feel lost i think that that's another possibility too all right last one and we appreciate your time um i i know i know the reaction from the outside is going to be in great philadelphia how are they even considering this but in your estimation is it crazy to think that you move on from the coach after going to a super bowl last season is it that outlandish if this thing really let's say they play awful against the giants and get bounced in the first round is it completely out of the question in your estimation it it, it shouldn't be because i mean you don't go from 10 and 1 to to 10 and uh, 11 and 6 and and lose to an you know, a 500 team in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, so I I think that there would be very, it would be very justified to make that change. Do I think it's going to happen? No, mm-hmm. I think, I think that you, you sit there and say, okay, you got, but your, your leash is shorter now, Nick Sirianni, your yeah. leash is shorter. You got to fix this in the off season. Yeah. We, we gave you a little, little bit of a, of a breather here, but if this happens again, beginning of next year, going into next year, at some point next year, then no, then you're then That's it. That's so how I, I do it. It's, yeah. it. it's almost like you're on notice. Like you're going to be yep. back, but understand like this happens again. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I agree with you guys. If I can sneak this in before we get out of here and um, yeah, you know, my thing is right. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. I think he is going to be back next, uh, next season. Um, just because of, you know, the amount of winning he has and, you know, and already cataloged and all that kind of stuff. But for me, I see a team that's not responding to the leadership anymore. They're not responding to the coaches anymore. They're not responding to the message. I, I I clearly see that. You hear AJ Brown saying, "Well, you know, the coaches don't play. We play. It's all on us." Okay, so which is it then? Is it, are you guys not buying into what they're teaching? Or you know, is is the message stale? You know, I have a hard time believing that Nick Sirianni can come back from where he is with this roster right now because, again, he hasn't evolved this offense over the past few years. Yeah. They've been pretty much the same team. 
I, I just have a hard time believing that he can earn back the equity in this locker room. And that's a great point, Tone. And I'll say this. I, it's never only the players. It's never only the coaches. It's usually some combination of the two when things go bad. But the most important job that a coach has is controlling the locker room, is getting that locker room to believe in what they're doing. That's the most important job. You can talk about X's and O's all you want in any sport. The most important thing is how you handle your players and how you handle those personalities. And when you start to see reports kind of sneak out, right? We had you guys had Gunner's report a couple of weeks right. back, and and then you had Jeff McLean put his report out on his podcast, and then Marcus is calm with a with a veteran player commenting. Like you have all these things. These aren't reporters making stuff up. These are people who've been around this industry talking to players in that locker room. We see them all the time, mm -hmm. right? Doing this, we know that they're getting good information. It tells you that there's something there's something there there's something to it and so if you don't control that locker room then that's no matter how good of a coach you are no matter how great your game planning is on on sunday that's the most damning thing for for when you're looking at a coach's uh ability to run his team and if he doesn't have it that's it yep mm. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. And good uh, good insights on everything, yeah. man. Great, uh, Great check conversation. Check out his work, crossingbroad.com. Of course, Snow the Goalie, uh, and also crossed up, uh, Snow the Goalie, the, the Flyers, and and uh, crossed up the Phillies as well. But does yep. an awesome job at Ant San Philly on Twitter. And thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, boys. Yeah, thank right, you so absolutely. much. Appreciate your Anytime. time. Take care, Ant. Uh, all right, good stuff there, Tone. Let's get a quickie Definitely. here. And Great let's conversation. Come back. Yeah, I want to revisit uh, where we were philosophically with the Eagles. I want to do that when we come back and also dive into our NFL stuff because there's a lot going on NFL. Right, let's do it. So got a lot of ground to cover between now and uh, and the final hour of the program. He's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let me tell you uh, about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610 610-850. 2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back, Tony, Rob, hanging out with you on this Thursday. Hope you're doing well. Yes, sir. All right, let's uh, we'll swing it back here um, to the NFL in a second zone, but I, I want to talk about the Eagles. A couple of things we didn't get to. All right, philosophy. I'm going to ask you. This is not even necessarily, you know, personnel, but it's just a, a an organizational philosophy. Okay. So, um, you know, they're big believers in not giving up the big play on defense. Now they're not alone okay. in this, but and it's kind of where the NFL's trending. But um, you know, we've seen it um, certainly this year be an issue. Um, People complained about it a lot last year where you could kind of dink and dunk them to death a little bit. But there's that part. There's also the part where they just, other than, ironically enough, the year they won it in 2017 and last year when they got there, there's not a big belief in the linebacker position and putting a lot of resources into it. Does that have to change and will it change in your estimation? Um, you, you, it's, it's funny, man. Believe it or not, you said a lot there. You know, let's like let's really go down it, right? You know, let's let's, let's really think about who they are, what they believe, um, who they've been, what they've done, right? They don't believe in pan linebackers. They don't believe in pan running backs. They believe in they believe in bend but don't break on defense. They believe in limiting the explosive play. Um, they believe in they believe in passing to set up the run, right? All these things about the way they do business and the way they build their team, some of it has bared fruit. Some of it has bared weeds or poison, however you want to look at it. Um, For me, I believe they need to change or revamp or revisit at the very least the way they look at the linebacker position, the way they value it, right? But here's where things get tricky for me with this team, with the linebacker position in particular. 
not only do they undervalue it, they don't know how to evaluate it. And And I think because they don't know how... I've never thought about this like this. So this, so, this, so this is a very raw thought that I'm, you know, that I'm throwing out here. So I want you guys to help me iron it out. What if they don't value the linebacker position because they just flat out suck at evaluating it? Yeah. What if they, what if they, what if they convince themselves? Well, you know, uh, or what if they're trying to sell to us? Well, you know, we just don't value the position when in our reality, they know behind closed doors, but we suck at this position. So let's just, build our team around that weakness. You know what uh, I mean? Um, what's, what, what's your thoughts on that? Theory? All right, let me tackle that. Cause I think if they, if they just realized they were not good at it, they would go out there and either make a trade or sign a free agent. Like that's, I don't think they have good, they're really great at evaluating uh, defensive backs either, frankly, coming out of college. So what did you do? You went and traded for slay. You right. went and signed Bradbury. That's how you got okay. yourself around it. So I think they would do the same thing linebacker wise. Okay. Um, I, I think, I don't think they even wanted to take Nicobe Dean, but he fell into their lap in the third round. I just think they don't value a tone. Like, I feel like they almost look at linebacker, like a lot of teams in the NFL now look at running back. I'll just grab somebody and plug them in, and we're going to be fine. Our defensive line is going to get to the quarterback, and our back end is going to be good. doesn't matter if we're a little bit soft in the middle. I think it's a mistake, but I think that's the way that they view it. And I think for, for the most part, you know, when they've had really super success as a team, like I just mentioned, both last two Super Bowl appearances, they had way better linebacker play than they typically had. And I don't know why they don't see they don't that. Buy that. I don't, don't correlate yeah. the success. You know what's so funny? I'm a firm believer that you need to have at bare minimum competent play on every level of your team, right? I feel like you need to have I feel like in I feel like in the DB room, you need to have at least one Pro Bowl level corner. You need to have at least one competent safety. You need to have at least one maybe Pro Bowl level um, linebacker. At least mm-hmm. one Pro Bowl level level defensive lineman. I feel like you know no one's saying break the bank on the entire position group. No one's saying that they they're not they don't even want to invest in one linebacker. Yeah. Let alone the group. And yeah. again, I don't think as a as, as spectators, we're saying just drop all this money on a linebacker position in general. Or no. no, no one's saying you need to have all pros all across the linebacker. No one's saying that. But if you can have a Pro Bowl level middle linebacker, and then you sprinkle, and then you plug and play the guys around him, off ball linebackers, I can roll with that. Yeah, I can roll with that because because your figurehead, you know, you you have a foundation, you have you have uh you have stability there still. You have an anchor. And I'm having a hard time finding the anchor in a linebacker room. I'm having a hard time finding the anchor in a DB room. This is why it's also a perfect storm. And I think people misuse perfect storm. Sometimes people say perfect storm and everything worked out well. It was a perfect storm. No, perfect storm is bad. So here's why it was a perfect storm. We all seen the movie. (laughs) It was bad. Great great movie, but bad. Spoiler alert. It didn't end well for them. Okay. On the boat. Right. Anyway. Um, they looked at it like the defensive line was going to dominate like it did last year. And if your defensive line dominates to that degree, it doesn't. It was an anomaly. No, I know. I I, I agree. I'm saying, but they thought that, right? Which means it doesn't expose your linebacker position as much. Unfortunately, the defensive line's been meh, right? 
Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, they're not making the same plays in the run game or in the passing game, or they're not getting to the quarterback like they were. And then your linebackers are going to get picked apart by by tight ends or by backs coming out of the backfield or whatever. And then, Tone, on top of it to compound it, Bradbury lost five steps. Avante Maddox, <laughs> Avante Maddox got hurt. Not a step. He lost five. <laughs> yeah. And, and Slay is still solid. But, like, your back end isn't isn't doing you any favors either. So there's a lot going on, man. This is a complimentary sport, Rob. You know this. I know this, right? And each position group has to complement the other in some way. You can't just be solely relied. You can't just solely rely on one position group to carry an entire side of the football. That's not feasible. It's not sustainable. Hence yeah. why when Jeff Kersey said yesterday, Harvey Roseman had a test, had a tough time having sustained success. It's always been these ebbs and flows. It's because, you know, he, he he's, he's not – he, he's not taking the time to deviate from uh, his priors or deviate from just the philosophy a little bit. You have to be, you know, Bruce Lee said this a long time ago. He said, you have to be like water. You have to be like water. You got to just, you got to adapt to your environment. You got to be dwarven. You know, you got to just continue to mold yourself to your current situation. And I just feel like regardless of the situation, the Philadelphia Eagles have their philosophy, especially on the defensive side. And they're not willing to deviate from it even in the slightest. Mm-hmm. When you see that your team has clearly suffered from not having not just competent but sustained linebacker success, you've seen with this team. We've been talking about this linebacker position for, what, 10 years, maybe oh, more? Forever. Yeah, it seems like a really long time. Yeah. And to think that your defense's shortcomings is not because you don't have stability there to, to, to think that's not the case. is just, just ridiculous. You know what they're probably saying to themselves? Well, you know, the D line, you know, they have to play better and everyone else will play better. Right. Look, man, there are going to be days or weeks or stretches where maybe your D line just doesn't have it, but maybe, maybe, maybe you got some linebackers in the room that can hold, hold, hold the water, right? They don't have that. It's a complimentary sport. You can't remove that. Mm-hmm. One position group can't be your end all be all. You yeah. know what I mean? On offense, you can't just have great wide receivers and then you don't have an offensive line to protect the quarterback so he can deliver the rock. You got to, yeah. this guy has to be a balance somewhere. Well, I think too, if you look at the two best teams in football this year, the two number one seeds are Baltimore and San Francisco. Look at their linebacking core. Baltimore makes a trade to get Roquan Smith. They have Patrick Queen. They have, you know, they have other guys who, who are phenomenal linebackers. You look at Fred Warner and that crew that San Francisco has. You know, and again, I'm not saying. You, you got to put all your resources in the linebacker. Nobody's saying that. But the fact they haven't drafted a linebacker in the first round since 1979. Or traded for one, a good one, or signed one. I mean, yeah, and, just, then, yeah. and then when you develop one, you let them walk. Right. So, what are we, so what are we doing here? Well, right. So there's that. And, I, I you know, the other thing, and this, I, I think this is also something, too. Like, Howie and Jeffrey have major say, you know, major say in – the, the guys that are hired, not just the coach, but the coordinators, et cetera, because they they want their philosophy used. In other words, I guess what I'm driving at is if they do make wholesale changes with the coordinators, would they be willing to deviate from bringing in a guy who's just going to be a yes man to them? Or would they bring in a guy who's like, hey, I'm blitzing, man. I'm going Wink, wink Martindale on your ass where I'm, I'm, you know, it's on. I I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see them going that that far, boss to the wall. Like just uh, you know, hiring a maverick. Um, 
fact of the matter is, like, they're not football guys. Jeffrey Lurie is a, it, it, you know, comes from Hollywood. You know, he's a film guy. Um, uh, Harry Roseman, you know, he was a he was a Florida Gator pencil pusher. I mean, he he he, you know, he sent he sent letters to the Eagles and you know to get his first opportunity. All that kind. Of, he he, they're not football guys, but they're trying to make football, you know, decisions. You know what I mean? And yeah. Look, no one, no one denies how great Howie is with the contracts and the deal making and the trades and free agency. No one denies how good he is there. No one denies that. But when you get to a certain point in how the game should be played, how the game should be processed or analyzed, or um, who plays, who doesn't, when you get into that territory, when Howie Roseman steps into that arena, I feel like he's overstepping. Yeah, I feel like you. I feel like you hire certain coaches for a reason. And let them be the football guys, and you handle everything on the other side. Um, you know, when you have guys or coaches, when you, when you when you have coaches having to meet with you every week because you didn't like their approach to a game plan, you're overstepping your bounds. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. You're overstepping. You know, it's it's it, Doug had to deal with that, right? And I don't think Nick has to deal with that because he plays ball with Howie very well. Um, so. I have a hard time as much. I want to believe that they have enough self-awareness to learn like they have in the past. How he has learned. He's he's shown moments where he's learned from his mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious to know how, how, how continue, how far that learning is going to continue. Um, knowing what we know about how they treat the linebacker position, the running back position, um, you know, the offensive philosophy, the team building philosophies, how they married themselves to it for so long. I'm curious to know, um, if they're even capable of um, at least looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, we've been doing it this way for a while. We need to, we need to, re- and also keep it real with themselves. Like, yeah, I, I think that's the struggle with them right now. Keeping keeping it very real with themselves. Like, hey, listen, Super Bowl seventeen, as great as it was, yeah, a lot of things happened for that to really, you know, amount to what it was. I'm heartened by this a little bit. I'm 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 doubtful that they'll they'll make wholesale changes but when when things you know went sideways for howie and he was you know shoved aside for chip he he did do a lot of self-reflection right and he came back different he 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 talked to you know uh guys who ran teams in other sports in 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 european soccer he really you know put the put the legwork in to try to be better at his job and and it it showed I wonder if if this thing turns out to be as disappointing as it feels like it's it's at least headed, right? And you lose maybe in the first round or the second round when you expected to win the Super Bowl and you started off 10 and 1 and all that. It's such an extreme that that doesn't provide a wake-up call where maybe you don't just say, "Hey, this was just fluky and blah blah blah." blah. No, like we got to like really examine ourselves and make some changes here. You know, <clears throat> uh Harry Roseman has been really good at his job for a long time. And, you know, you said, uh, you know, after after the whole Chip Kelly debacle, he really took, you know, he really took the time to really hone his craft and be better at his job, so on and so forth. I think even beyond that, I think that situation scarred him to the point where he's never going to allow someone to, he's never going to allow another head coach to have that kind of, power over him ever again or have that kind of say over him over again. But I, and, and I think how he's right. handled this team the past couple of years, even the Doug Peterson era has been a bit of an overreaction to 
um, to the uh, things he experienced under the Chip Kelly um, regime. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus, I mean, look, when you get thrown in the broom closet, all you all you can do is think. So, so I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at Harry Rosen right now as a guy that he has to be the one to put his ego to the side and just put winning and what's best for this team at the forefront, not what's best for his pocket or Jeffrey Lurie's pocket or, or not what's best for what, what looks good. This team is so concerned. This organization rather is so concerned with the, the public relations, the PR, how they look in situations and, you know, the optics. Yeah. They're so, cause they're so concerned with those, with those sort of things. And, you know, some it's, it's fun. Let me ask you this, right? Yeah. And this may be blasphemous, but I want to know what you think about this. Do you think the Super Bowl win is in, in 2018? Do you think that was the worst thing to happen to Harry Roseman or to the or, or, or to this organization? Um no, I get what you're driving at. My answer is no. I I, I don't think so. I don't think that I think what's happened. Well, look, man, they—he was back in the Super Bowl a few years later. So, no, I don't think so. That's, that's true. That's true. If you if you think about it, you know, last season, um, they hit on so many different, like so many different things worked for them. Like, like they, hey, even if they intended Jalen to just be a backup quarterback, whatever, man, he developed into you know into what he is. So that was a great move by them. Um, they made a lot of other really good moves. CJ, GJ. It's a shame because some of these were one offs, and those guys are gone now. But no, like I don't all of a sudden think he put his feet up and started smoking a stogie and saying, I got it all figured out because he mm. got them back into the Super Bowl where they probably should have won the game if it wasn't for a mistake by Jalen, unfortunately. But what a great game. Um, so no, I don't I can't I can't go that far. Um do I worry sometimes it's a, that they're sniffing themselves a little bit too much? Sometimes I worry about that. I think I think Nick kind of got that way, man. Like all the all the non let me screaming at Chiefs fans and stuff. Like Weird. I always want him to, to be hit himself. I don't want him to turn into this guy where he's walking around like you know, he's not gonna say a word to anybody. No, nah, but, but you don't wonder like you don't want to be a caricature. You don't want to turn into a caricature yourself. Right. That's you know it's I mean? like to me, if you're on the sideline and you're high five and you're chest bumping with your guys, that's great. Like that's emotion, that's who you are. But like, what are you jawing at Chiefs fans for? Who who cares? Just get off the field. Like, so I think maybe he started to sniff himself a little. You know, I think there's a little bit of that. I, I think there, I, I that. think what this does is tone any t- like to me in general in life, failure and or struggles. You learn a lot more from that than you do your successes. And, and if things are kind of status quo and if this year hasn't taught them anything about. Sort Talent of false, isn't enough. False promise. Right. Yeah. I don't know what will. I mean, you were 10 and one and we all sort of thought, eh. You know, and now, you know, I guess we weren't just overreacting to the way it looked. Talent is never enough. You know, let me give you one other thing that I think's happened too. Yeah, go ahead. They've, they've lost a lot of people in the front office. You know, hmm. we talked about the coaching staff, how they lost people. How about Andy Weidel goes to Pittsburgh? They, they've right. lost Joe hmm. Douglas. Or I'm just, you know, Andrew Berry went to Cleveland. Like they've lost really legitimate front office pieces that I think. Yeah how we could lean on and or tap into as resources. Those people aren't here now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much stock I put into that. Um, because 
you know, Andy Waddle, he left after the 2021 season. He wasn't there for, for last year. He was not. So, um, so I don't know how much stock I put into that. But that's um, part of your scouting. It's it's a, it's a trickle. It is. It is. I think more than anything, I think they miscalculated the idea that what they did last year can be replicated mm-hmm. or sustained. Yeah. They dealt with no injuries, really. Yep. Um, they uh, – they had the easiest schedule in football. Um, everybody had a career year. You had you had like, damn, I think you had about maybe seventeen out of your twenty two starters were Pro Bowlers. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. You, you 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 came you came the closest to breaking the um, 80, uh, 85 bears sack record. Like there were so many things that the stars aligned so well. There's, I, there's no way you could think that that can be sustained yet. I believe they entered this season, especially the front office and the coach staff. I think mm-hmm. they entered believing that that was sustainable. Right. And it's not, you can't litigate you. You can't legislate injuries like that. You can't, you can't expect the team to, put up back-to-back seasons of 70-plus sacks. And one can argue the reason the DBs looked as good as they did last year or the pass defense looked as good as it did last year is because that pass rush was getting home like that. But, no, like, that that but, makes up for a lot of sense. Yeah, and, yeah. But also getting home at an alarming rate. Yes. At an alarming rate, right? 70-plus sacks, how? So we haven't seen that in so long. So when, when you think about that, what if this, D, this DB room was exactly what – they are now, but the line, but the defensive line just. It would I mean, look a lot a, better. It's a big difference between what? What is it? How many sacks did they have? Like forty, like forty-one or something. I forget. What or, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a big difference between seventy sacks and forty-one sacks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's a lot of it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of plays you know lost and gained in that in, in that disparity. So, what if this pass defense actually was really not from a talent perspective, really not that good. Right. Or be real. Like last year was just, man, it it was the year of years. Everybody hit it hard. Everybody just had their best season. And and the odds that that was going to happen two seasons in a row, pretty slim. And that's why the loss in the Super Bowl was so damning. Because you missed a golden opportunity. You missed a platinum opportunity. (laughs) Like you missed. Yeah. Yeah. Moments like that do not come along very often. And um, they're going to be fighting for their lives, trying to reclaim that level. Tone, I say it often, man. I think we're going to look back at that Super Bowl loss and the Phillies getting close these last two years and and just shake our head five, Mm -hmm. 10 years from now. Like, how did how did that team didn't win it? How did that team not win it? Like, they're killers, man. Mm -hmm. They're killers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's too bad. I, I think we're definitely going to look back and say to ourselves, what a missed opportunity. But but I I will the last thing on this, and then then we'll get a timeout. We'll we'll dive into our NFL stuff. The the last thing I will say on this is I do think Howie and Jeffrey are very proactive. So if this thing really does end up in you know in a miserable situation, I can't see them just saying, Hey, we were a little bit unlucky here, or this unit just underplayed a little bit. I don't think they're like that. Like, I, I think it will serve in some way as a wake up call to them. Like, we got to do things differently here, man. Obviously, like, we had a crazy 2022 and everything went almost perfectly, but I, we can't bank on that again. Certainly not this year. I do. I like, I do think that part at least something registers up there that they have to do it a little bit differently. I believe that. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, I want you know, I want I want to believe that too. Like I'm a, like you and I, we're diehard Philadelphia Eagles fans. We've been rooting for this team for as long as we can mem- remember, and <clears throat> we know Super Bowls are hard to come by. This isn't something you want to play around with. Guys' health, guys' longevity, all this stuff comes into question. You cannot waste opportunities like you did in 2022. Yeah. You yeah. cannot waste opportunities like you had several weeks ago with the 10 and 1 record, having a two game lead on your conference. This, the, out, of, out, out of any sport, I believe football is the most, I feel like in football, you have to be the most opportunistic out of any sport played, in my humble opinion. Totally. I think you have to be the most opportunistic because, like AJ Brown said, so many pieces. You need to you need to have eleven guys all on the same page for success to be achievable, mm-hmm. right? If you want to take it a step further, you need fifty three grown men to believe in the same vision. <clears throat> Excuse me. And right now, that's not what's going on. No, none of these guys are on the same page. None of these guys believe in the message anymore. I don't care what they say. The message is lost because once again, AJ Brown, I love everything you had to say. I respect you as a man. I respect you as a player. You want to, you, in my opinion, you're the greatest receiver. You're the best receiver to ever play for the Philadelphia Eagles, just in terms of who you are as a man and the production to match. But when you say it's not the coach's fault, it's the player's fault. Okay. Now I'm looking at you. Like, what aren't you guys doing? Mm-hmm. What aren't you guys understanding in the film room? Um, why is there a lack of attention to detail? But then when I when I point out those specific things, remember AJ Brown said, let's let's aim, look at the players first. Okay, so if I'm looking at y'all and all these things aren't coming to fruition, why is that not the case? Or why is that the case? Right? Are you not being held accountable in terms of attention to detail? Are you guys giving too much free reign? Do you guys not have um a respect or a reverence for what's being explained to you and taught to you week to week. Remember, we're in week 17, week 18. Yeah. To have the to be having these kind of conversations at this point in the season is damning, no matter how you want to look at it. It's damning on the head coaches or it's damning on the coaching staff. It will always come back to the coaching staff because the coaches got to hold you guys accountable and vice versa. And if you can say it's one side of the you can say it's these guys, these guys, but at the end of the day, like Anthony San Filippo said, it's never just one thing. Nope. It's always a blend, a combination of all those things. Somebody has to own it. Somebody has to wear it. Yep. Well said. All right, let's come back. Let's do the NFL when we get back to them. We roll into the final segment of let's the show. It. We'll get into a bunch of different things. We'll look at the AFC, NFC Pro Bowl selections, Tyree Kill situation, uh, Trevor Lawrence update health-wise, a bunch of other stuff, coaches who may potentially be on a hot seat. We'll dig into all those kind of things when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Tone to Shields, Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, we're back. Final segment of the show. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis hanging with you. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, Tony, you want to uh, run through the uh, the Pro Bowl selections as uh, as they were? All right, yeah. So who, who did we have? We had uh, Hassan Reddick make it. We had yeah, Lane Johnson. Yeah, let, not, not, yeah, let me do that. I'll read, run through the Eagles one more time. Yeah. All right, all right. So um, only one defender, Hassan. So the, the that was the only Eagles defensive player, which – I don't know about you. I, I don't have much of an issue with it, <laughs> considering the way this defense is playing. Anyway, uh, right. Hassan makes his second, so good for him. Uh, offensively, you had Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, and DeAndre Swift. So Kelsey's made seven. Lane's made five. A.J. Brown's made three. Dickerson's made two, and Swift's made one. So that's pretty cool for DeAndre Swift. He comes back to his hometown and, and gets his first Pro Bowl selection. Man, that's that's pretty awesome. As far right, as definitely, definitely. So yeah, the full list on the, on the NFC side though goes. Uh, Go ahead. Um, 
we I know earlier we talked about this. Brock Purdy at quarterback, Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford. Um, and then at running back, we have Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, and uh, Kyron Williams, which is pretty awesome for the rookie. 100%. Um, uh, at wide receiver, you have CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Mike Evans, and Puka Nakua. Um, very not very, arguing any of those. I'm not arguing with any of those guys. I mean, CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown have been um, – Mike Evans, they all have been you – know, Most underrated receiver in the last 10 years is Mike Evans, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely, man. He's In my opinion, he's a Hall of Famer. Yep. Um, then at tight end, you have George Kittle and Sam Laporta, which is really dope. The rookie, Sam, yep. Laporta, Sam Laporta, was amazing all year. Um, Kyle Juzenik, you know, this. Uh, our, our, somebody got to help me out with this, man. Are they just giving him Pro Bowl selections because he's the only fullback in the league? Because there, there aren't many of them. Because, man. like, literally, like, he gets he gets <laughs> Pro Bowl selections every year by default. Like, I never see any name. And I know he's good at what he does. but like, He is, yeah. I'm not discounting that, but geez, Louise. Anyway, all right, and that tackle, you have Trent Williams. Lane Johnson and Penny Sewell. I like that. Yeah. Right at guard, you have uh, Zach Martin from the Cowboys, Chris Lindstrom from the Falcons, and Landon Dickerson from the Eagles. I like that. Uh, Jason Kelsey at center, and Frank Ragno at center uh, from the Detroit Lions. Yep. And then on the uh, on the edge rusher side, on the defensive end side, you got Nick Bosa, Montez Sweat, and Aiden Hutchinson, which is pretty dope. The Detroit Lions got some people, man. Yeah, Detroit's uh, um, they've done a heck of a job drafting, man. Exactly. And then uh, Aaron Donald uh, at D tackle for the Rams, Dexter Lawrence, Javon Hargrave, another Pro Bowl selection for him, man, um, which is pretty dope, especially him, you know, getting, getting that big contract from uh, the 49ers. He's, 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 he's lived up to it. So kudos to him, man. Yeah. Um, Michael Parsons at outside linebacker. Daniel uh, Hunter at outside linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings and Hassan Reddick at outside linebacker. You know, those guys that, uh, Edge guys. The edge guys, man. Those guys who just sack machines. And then that uh, inside linebacker, you got Fred Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, he's, he's a Hall of Famer, man, easily. He said he's um, coming back, by the way, for the 2024 season, Bobby Really? Wagner. Yeah, yep. listen, man, he still has it. So He does. Um, hey, going back to Seattle was great for him. It, awesome. It just, he should have yeah. never left, in my opinion, but obviously things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, at corner, you got Deron Bland, who's had, who had a great year for the, um, for the Cowboys, but all the pick sixes and whatnot. Um, Chavarius Ward uh, for the Niners, Jalen Johnson from the Bears, um, and Devin Witherspoon from the Seattle Seahawks, which is awesome. Wow, rookie. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that, because he made the Pro Bowl, he might get defensive rookie of the year just because, like, just, you know, because, I mean, Jalen Carter. Carter's still the favorite, but it, he's, it okay. could, it's getting interesting now. Yeah. Right. Um, and then uh, Jesse Bates at, at, at free safety. For the Falcons, who's had he's had an amazing year. Yeah. Um, he's completely changed the complexion of that defense. Um, strong safety. You got Buda Baker from the Cardinals and Julian Love from the Seattle Seahawks. He's having a career year with the Seahawks. Um, and uh, if you if you guys care about this, long snapper, uh Andrew uh, DePaula from the Vikings. Punter. Huge. I have his jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I almost believed you for a second. Um Punter Brian Anger from the Cowboys and the kicker Brandon Aubrey from the Cowboys as well. That's why Elliott didn't make it because that that kid's been ridiculous. Yeah, um, return specialist Rashid uh, Shahid, he's pretty good at what he does. Um, and uh, Jalen Reeves, maybe um, uh, from the no Detroit Covey Lions. man, uh, or no, no Covey, oh no, no Covey man, uh, unfortunately. So yeah, um, it's all right, it's all right. Um, let me see this now in the AFC side. Right, you got Tua, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Rightfully so, makes sense to me. Yep. 
The only uh, interesting, Josh Allen, I think it's hurt by the turnovers like Jalen did. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's the thing that hurt both of them. Allen's yeah. got the most touchdowns in football combined. You know what's so funny? If And this is a sidebar, but if Josh Allen didn't have the turnovers, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people felt like he was the best quarterback in the NFL. Or MVP. Or MVP. Like, his turnovers, like, yeah, he's, su- he's, he's such a great player. You know, it's almost like, damn, man. It's like it's like you can't have it all, right? <laughs> you can't have it all. You can't have the talent, but you, you, it's always got to be something yeah. for seeing your game. Yeah. Um, but at running back for the AFC side, Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins, James Cook for the Bills, right. who's had a great year. Oh, my God. Completely completely changed their running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derrick Henry from the Titans, um, you know, the, the, that's a that's a no-brainer. Yep. Um, and Tyreek Hill for the Miami Dolphins at wide receiver. Amari Cooper, who's having an amazing year for the Browns, I think. I, man, I think Amari Cooper is one of the one of the one of the least talked about receivers in the league, but one of the most yeah. electric when given opportunities. We're doing it with a lot of different quarterbacks still. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase, who's battled injury throughout the season. Keenan yeah. Allen's having an amazing year. Yep. Um, I don't know about this one. Travis Kelsey at tight end. I feel like that was a legacy. That, that was a legacy. Um, yeah, selection. He's um, he's he, definitely dipping a little, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then tight, and then uh, also David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns having an good. amazing year. Yep, then at fullback, Alec Ingold from Miami Dolphins. So oh, there we go. We have a different guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, at tackle, Larry. Your fullback bias is is raining through now, God. Man, listen, I I have a lot of respect for the fullback position, but it just seems like there's not I many know, of them know, to begin with. So I was like, who, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, but nonetheless, Larry Tunsil at tackle for the Texans, Deion Dawkins, Buffalo Bills. Temple zone, Temple Zone, by the way. Oh, word. okay, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Teron Armstead, Miami Dolphins. Um, and then at guard, you have Quentin Nelson from the Colts, Stud. Joel B- uh, B- uh, Batonio, yeah, from the Browns, Browns. Yep. Joe Thune from the Chiefs, Creed mm-hmm. Humphrey from the Chiefs at center, Tyler Linderbaum, Baltimore Ravens at center. Yep. Um, uh, at, at defensive end, you got Miles Garrett, Max Cleveland's, Crosby. A lot of rep, a lot of a lot of Cleveland rep here. That's a good. lot of Cleveland rep, man. Listen, Cleveland's on fire, man. I mean, that defense is legitimate. Yeah. Um, but Tyler, uh, where was I? Yeah, Miles Garrett, Cleveland Browns on defensive end, Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The Don yeah. Dada. Yeah. I, I like Max Crosby, man. That oh. man. Listen, <laughs> you you gonna laugh at this, but man, that white boy got juice. <laughs> <laughs> that white boy got swag. He's man. got the greatest motor, I think, of anybody playing. Oh my god, Dude, a- he's a thousand miles an hour Yo, every. He doesn't. He doesn't miss a snap. No, I don't think plays- people understand how. Yeah, how much of a freak no. Max Crosby he is. is shot out of a cannon. He plays ninety nine. Yeah, percent of the snaps. Yeah, think about that. Now he's a, he's a, he's a bad dude, and yeah, the motor does not end. And his mm-hmm. tattoos are pretty sick. So, uh, <laughs> shout out to Max. Shout out to Max Crosby, man. Uh, my man was on the. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know what game that was, but my man. My man was smoking a, a cigarello. <laughs> oh yeah, that was uh, after. And I think it was. Was it Antonio Pierce's first win? I, I yeah, think, I think, that's what I, it was. think so. I think yeah, so, yeah, man. Yeah. My, my man was smoking a cigarello on live yeah. television. I'm like, yeah. this dude is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was holding it like a blunt. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Trey Hendrickson. Um, from the Bengals, a guy who doesn't get talked about enough, in my opinion. He's really good. Um, He's really good. Yeah. Then you got a D tackle, Chris Jones from the Chiefs, Quentin Williams from the Jets. 
Yep. Justin uh, Matabuki from the Baltimore Ravens, man. The Ravens do a great job, man, of just drafting. So um, good. Such a good culture, man. Yeah, great culture, man. Um, you know, uh, at uh, Edge Rusher, you got T.J. Watt, Khalil, uh, Khalil Mack, and Josh Allen from the Jaguars. Um, Khalil Mack still was a dominant player, he had a man. great it's, year this year. It, but he it doesn't be talked about. I feel like he got talked about more in Chicago. Totally. Than he did in um, – who was we with, who was he with first? Bit Chicago. Was it Chicago first? Yeah. Pretty okay. sure, wasn't it? Khalil Mack. I, Buffalo? I, he went to Buffalo. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember his uh his career. So okay, um Oakland, that's where it was. He was in Oakland at first. Oh yeah. Then he, then he went he, to Chicago and yes, that was a big then, that was yes. the big move. You're right. You're right. right. Yep. But my bad. for for a guy to be as dominant as he's been, he's um let me see this, right? For how many years he's been in the league? One, I two, bet he's in his three, tenth year. Four, be. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's in his tenth year. Has has a hundred sacks. He's going to the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Um, hundred hundred sacks, thirty forced fumbles. Um, dude is a freak of nature. I agree. Um, and still doing his thing. Sixteen sacks in year ten. Come on, mm-hmm. man. Um, but anyway, um, where are we here? Uh, Josh Allen from the Jaguars, a great player. Um, Roquan Smith at inside linebacker, Patrick Queen, same thing. Yeah, you got both of your linebackers in. You yeah. know, this it's insane. Yeah. Um, then at corner, you got Pat Sertain, the second Denver Broncos, Sauce Gardner, the Jets, Jalen Ramsey, the Dolphins, Denzel Ward, the Browns. Um, then at safety, you got at free safety, you got Justin Simmons from the Broncos, Mika Fitzpatrick from the Steelers, Kyle Hamilton from the Ravens. Um, that long snapper, you got Ross. Mm-hmm. Matisic from the Jaguars. At punter, you got AJ Cole from the Raiders. Kicker, you got Justin Tucker from yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. Um, return specialist Marvin Mims Jr. from the Broncos. And you got Miles Killebrew from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. All right. So, good, good list. Good not list. a bad, not a bad pro. Man, that AFC side is loaded. It is. It's it is loaded, man. Yeah. Um, but man, congratulations to all those guys, man, for putting in the work. Um being bright spots on our team. Um, man, it's spectacular, man. All right, let's hit a couple other other odds and ends. Uh, this was uh, – thank God nobody got hurt, but uh, Tyreek Hill's house in the Miami area, uh, major fire damage. Thankfully, uh, everybody got out of there uh, immediately when he started. He was at practice, but his, you know, the family. It turns out uh, they, they believe it was a, 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 ch- a small child playing with a lighter uh, that started it. So thank God everybody got out of there. Okay, yeah, not great. Um, so there's that. But everybody's everybody's safe and sound. Uh, Zach Wilson out of concussion is in concussion protocol, which means he won't play for the Jets this week. Which means his Jets career is over. Um, be interested to see where he lands and and if he can salvage even a career as a backup. We'll see. Um, Cam Hayward of the Steelers said he's still not sure if he's going to play in 2024. This year took a lot out of him. Um, he was, uh, banged up a lot. They've had an up and down year, but, uh, he's not sure if he wants to come back or not. Uh, Mike Vrabel wants to be back as the Titans head coach next year, uh, whether they want him back or not. It seems like they're, they're leaning that way that he is going to come back. Right. Uh, but he wants to, he wants to be back. Do you realize Carson Wentz is starting for the Rams this week, Tony? Yeah, I heard about that, man. I'm Wentz curious wagon. To, I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, the Rams played the uh, Seahawks last, right? 
I mean, I see Hawks. Um, um, 49ers, right? Yes, correct. Can he help out the Philadelphia Eagles one last time? That's it, man. <laughs> That's it. Difference. That's they right. The one, they got the number one seed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. Well, and and I'll tell you the one where it's um, it, it's it's sketchy here. So Trevor Lawrence right now is dealing with a right shoulder and and left finger issues now. Uh, the Colts play the Texans. That's on Saturday night. That's a huge game. Colts win and and Jags lose. They're in. Jags play the Titans. So that's going to be a big one. Trevor Lawrence's health. Mm-hmm. C.J. Beathard started last week and they got the win. But they need him. They need him, man, big time. Um, so we'll see if he's going to be able to go. Jim Schwartz, our old friend, uh, who has done a really good job with Cleveland's defense tone, said that he does still want to be a head coach in the NFL. He has not uh, given up on that on that hope. So he's looking to get back. Okay, I mean, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. Um, what jobs are what jobs do we anticipate being available? There's um, about eight. I, I think seven-ish. Seven, what, do you, what do you think would be the best fit for him? I, see, I don't think he gets a head coaching gig. There's such a bias against defensive guys for the most part. That mm-hmm. I don't think it happens. Um, would be a good fit for him. Hmm. What about New England if they bring in a really smart offensive mind? Yeah, that's the thing, right? You know, you know. I think they're they're grooming Jared Mayo, but well, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I've always I've always preferred an offensive minded head coach. You know, so. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, uh, you know, we're going to have to see how, how how it pans out and see who wants to take a shot on them. Um, but yeah, man, the where where the league is going, they want offensive minded guys. Any coach that hires a defensive minded guy, they better make sure your coordinator is legitimate. Totally. Um, so, yeah, man, the league is just trending in in the direction of the offensive guys. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so I, I told you this yesterday. Lamar Jackson's out versus the Steelers. Uh, that's for sure. Um, Jair Alexander said he was surprised by his suspension. Do you remember that story? So he jumped in there on the coin toss. Did you see all this stuff? No, I didn't see it. I, I heard he got um, suspended for some kind of you know conduct or something like that. Like he, I haven't weird. heard much about it. It was weird. He jumped in on the coin toss and almost messed it up and saying like we wanted to we wanted to play defense and they were like, well, you're saying you defer and then, and then I, I don't know. It was a whole thing. So anyway, he so he ends up um, he ends up getting suspended for a game, but he is back um, beyond that. Um, Kyler Murray is the guy going forward, according to Jonathan Gannon. Um, so there, it looks like they're going to be out on on a, any kind of quarterback situation. They'll they'll attack something else. Um, I, I'm so I think feel like it's starting to trend that way for the Bears too with Justin Fields. Mm. I think he's going to be back as their quarterback. I, I, he should. Yeah. I, th- I I really think he should. I mean, give give him give him a, a fair shake, man. Uh, I'm not saying pick up the option, but you know, let him let him rock out, man. I I, I want to find out how good, I want to find out legitimately how good he can be. I don't know. I don't know what it is about the kid, but I feel like I feel like there's something there. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I genuinely feel like there's something there, and I'm not ready to give up on him just yet. No, I'm not either. If you look at his numbers since he came back from that injury, he's pretty good. You know, pretty good. Um, and the Bears have actually been respectable. They're they're not good, but they're respectable. Um, so I think Everflus might survive too. That's another job we thought might be open. Uh, they had a lot of turmoil. Remember all the stuff in the front office? Coaches had to like forced to quit. There's a lot going on with them. 
yeah, you yeah. know, early in the year, like weird HR stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then, you know, you know, with with uh, with Eberflus, um, and it wasn't him, by the way. It wasn't Eberflus. It was no, no, no. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know that. Yeah. But, um, I think he's. I think he's going to be back next year. He should get another shot back. I mean, yeah. I mean, just I hate when they bring. I hate when they bring these coaches in, and they know damn well they ain't got no personnel. And they're expecting them to just make, you know, make lemonade out of limes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, dude, give me a GM that's competent, and we we, we can actually make some things shake here. You I know, agree. so um, I I want to see Justin Fields under Matt Eberflus for another season. I want to see it. Same here. Um, especially, you know, when I want to see him healthy. I want to, you know, I want to see him with another year with DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. You know, um. You know, with with a slightly better defense. Um, if, if honestly, if I if I'm the Bears, I'm trading back, right? And I'm drafting Marvin, Marvin Harrison. Harrison. You have Harrison and DJ Moore, and then you're giving Justin Fields every chance in the world. I'm trading back and drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. <clears throat> and then I'm loading up on defense after that. Yep, because I like Cole Commit. I like him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like their running back situation. It's got to stay healthy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I would. I would take it. If I'm somewhere. them, I trade back. I, I draft Marvin Harrison Jr. I draft an offensive lineman, and then I'm going balls to the wall with defense. Mm-hmm. Balls to the wall. Yeah, makes sense. That's, that's what I would do. <clears throat> makes sense. All right. Uh, elsewhere, so the Sixers play tomorrow night against the Knicks. So they will. Uh, that'd, that'd be an interesting little test for them with the Knicks coming in here. Uh, the new look Knicks with uh, OG Ananobi uh, with them now and, and uh, Jalen Brunson and crew. So they'll be coming in tomorrow, take on Joel Embiid and those guys. Uh, and we'll see if Melton plays because Melton missed the, missed the uh, last game with some back issues. Also today, 80th birthday for Charlie Manuel. Charlie Manuel, wow. former Phil Skipper coming right. back from it, a stroke. It, it, yeah, as I say, isn't he fighting back from uh, – yeah. you know, he, he had a stroke earlier this year. Or There's a really last good, year. Yeah, good piece if you get a chance to read it in The Athletic from Matt Gelb uh, on on his recovery. And and it's a long – you know, it's a hard road. Um, but he's he's doing pretty well. He, he, he had a hard time speaking. Um, he's still not there yet, but he's, he's getting there, uh, putting some pieces together. But – um, you know, up, up and around and moving and all this other stuff, but you know, uh, certainly a beloved guy. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Uh, that is going to do it for us today. Tone and I will get back tomorrow and we'll dig a little bit more into the giants. I know we haven't done a lot of giants, frankly, nobody, you know, let's face it. <laughs> no one cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> you know, it's more like team issues than it is the giants, but what we'll also do is we'll get into all the games with playoff implications tomorrow. Cause there's a lot of them. Uh, with with some and, and Saturday and Sunday games, we'll get into all of that. What the Eagles' situation is if they win, if the Cowboys lose, yes, they need help and all this other stuff. But we'll and potential candidates who they could be playing. We'll we'll get into all those kind of things uh, tomorrow. So thanks to everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Appreciate you guys. Don't go anywhere because Tone has got you covered uh, with the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. And uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. So everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. Thanks for hanging out. We are Sports Take. Love you guys.
E-A-G-L-E. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.